beautiful people. It is Monday, August 15th, 2022, and this sports show on the internet and radio begins now. Here we go, out of baby. Here we go, out of baby, into a great week of sports talk. I mean, this week we are packed to the gills with fantastic things. Tomorrow, Omar Khan, the new general manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers, will join us in the first hour. Also, tomorrow, Jack Carr, Navy SEAL that wrote the terminal list, will be joining us in the third hour. Wednesday, we'll be live from training camp. I do believe we're getting a... MCDC sighting. Also, many of the Colts will be there, and I think the owner, Jim Ursay, will be stopping by. Can't wait for that. Thursday, we have a packed day because Feel the Beat will return to this show. And on Friday, we'll be mailing it in in a beautiful (laughs) Feel Good Friday manner in which I will then be hopping on a plane for Montreal, Canada, for SmackDown. So this week is glorious. This week is beautiful. Today, Ian Rappaport will join us in about 15 minutes to chit-chat about all the news and insider scoops coming out of the first real preseason week one. Can't wait to hear about the quarterback battles, injuries that have happened around the NFL, and who's going to get paid and who's not going to get paid. Mm. Also, Darius Butler will join us in the second hour. A.J. Hawk will be drunk on a golf course today in lieu uh, of this show. He'll be partaking in numerous adult festivities for Brady Quinn's mm. fourth and oh, long foundation. Okay. Nice. So we'll get A.J. Hawk back tomorrow. But this this should be a fantastic week, and we can't thank you enough for joining us. This hoodie was sent to me by the people at Unreal, which is uh, the group that Thielen works with in mm-hmm. Minnesota. Oh, right. Rich Eisen, I did not tell them to put this on. Oh, no. Sorry, Rich. Don't sue me. It's not a segment. Please. It's not, not a, segment. a segment. This is not, not a segment, segment Rich. This, I, they sent it to me. It's a great quote. It's real. Partners are humans. Mm-hmm. Some partners probably getting cut after their first week of preseason. <laughs> uh, but it, there's a lot to react to. Uh, at Ty Schmidt, at Boston Connor, the men who hold down the toxic table. I'll start with you, Connor. Uh, there's uh, it's just preseason. Everybody needs to relax. Yeah, exactly. I think there's a lot of overreaction sometimes. But you know, during the season, that's fine. During the preseason, you know, let's just take a step back. What wasn't an overreaction though is Mac Jones being a top hundred player. I mean, we all saw it last year, and here we are him going into his second year already dog. Okay, Justin Tucker also in the top 100. Yeah. Uh, the internet Reddit, to be more specific, has got a list of 50 to 100 already even though NFL Network, I don't believe, was ready to debut all of that. We will dive into that conversation if this show ever slows down to a point where we have nothing else to talk about. Because <laughs> yeah. well, the today. top 100 definitely, definitely matters. Mac Jones being on there, incredible. Mm-hmm. Justin Tucker making his way on there. Uh, well-earned, well-deserved. He's mm-hmm. at 94. The first time a kicker's been on in seven years. Last time was Vinatieri. Whoa. And I don't want to act like uh, I had a role in that, but I put Vinatieri as the number one player in the NFL. So I don't on my list. I was actually swung the weight, Uh swung the scale big time. Yeah, I I don't know how many points number one is, but I said, excuse me, if the NFL is obviously the greatest league on earth, of course, and it involves a game that has scoring, and the team that scores more beats the team that doesn't score as much. Mm -hmm. That's how we signify success and greatness of scoring. This dude went on, every time he stepped on a field last year, he scored, except for one time. Probably my fault. To be honest, I'll take the blame for it. Every single time he stepped on a field, he scored. He has scored more than anybody in the history of the game. He has been a part of moments that will be remembered and memorialized forever. He'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer as a kicker. Mm If that's not the number one player of a game that revolves around score, I don't fucking know what is. Yeah, so Vinatieri was one. Now let me figure out the other 99. <laughs> uh-huh. So he makes it on the list. He deserved it, by the way. Hell of a year. He almost had a perfect year at the age of like 40-something. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is 
alarmingly good. Uh, but now Justin Tucker's in there. He fucking earns it too. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple kickers in the next couple of years that make their mm-hmm. way into there because Evan McPherson hit from 56 and 58 mm-hmm. the other yeah. day. What is that? That means uh, that he has a massive leg that going into year two after what he did in year one, it seems like it's not a fluke. The pressure of being great has not got too many offseason. He looks like he's great. There's a lot of great kickers out there. There's a lot of bad ones too. Yeah. I mean, got to see a lot of bad ones. There's yep. kids uh, that are just now getting introduced to what life is like in the NFL, a little heavier ball, a little heavier uh, pressure too with careers being on the line and everything else going on at a massive high speed. Some kickers and punters don't just transition. It's not time to talk about those guys. It's just one preseason game. I would like to talk about the stories that are coming out of these preseason games, though. For instance, Aaron Rodgers calling plays on a sideline. What a hero. What a hero. What a good guy. That's right. Hey, he knows the offense, you know, I mean, just as well as anyone. Why not let him have a a shot at calling a couple plays? Why don't let him help Jordan Love a little bit? Exactly. Jordan threw an incredible ball. I mean, what an absolute stallion that guy. Now he threw three pitches well. Well, but that's going to happen in preseason. It's preseason. preseason. Exactly. Preseason. Calm down. Aaron showing up with that hair, that mustache, that relaxed attitude. Does that make you feel good or not feel good? It makes me feel great. Yeah. Feel great. Like it's it, with the Packers too. Like I was excited to watch Love because you did see a little bit like why they like it, physically he's got a lot of the skills and everything, but it is the inconsistency. I mean, he threw three picks. One of them wasn't his fault, but oh, it's oh. just hey, listen. Three. Bills threw five picks in Indianapolis Colts. Sure. That's They're true. Super Bowl favorites. That's true. Yeah. Now, now, granted, Josh Allen didn't play. And, no. And Matt Ryan and the boys weren't able to put up as no. many points as I think we all thought we're going to be able to put up against the two or threes. But Jonathan Taylor wasn't in the game, so that's just mm-hmm. – but I like these stories that are coming out of mm-hmm. camp almost. The one about Aaron being comfortable and being a leader, a little bit more vocal around the younger offense and the younger team, that's awesome news. Yeah. Mac Jones has the photo of 47-17 when the Bills just said, hey, Patriots, get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. With his head down in the locker room, that's a story. Mm-hmm. Matt Patricia and Joe Judge talking about, hey, we're, hey we're, Bill, tell us what Not the head yeah. coach. Whatever okay. Bill says. All right, we show up. Bill tells us what to do. Are you competing against Joe Judge, uh, Matt Patricia, for the play calling duties? Mm, no, no, no. I, <laughs> we are literally just trying to fucking find our find error here. Mm-hmm. We, we are just doing whatever the hell Bill tells us. It's all these storylines that are really what make preseason preseason. Because yeah. on field, we have no idea who's going to make it, who's not going to make it. We have no idea how much of an offense is being used by the team that is playing in the preseason game, even if their ones are in, how much they want to give away for anybody else and what they're potentially going to do, a la the Indianapolis Colts. That's mm-hmm. what I'm thinking. That's what I'm hoping. I assume the Patriots are doing the same exact thing. But the on-field play, not that much you can really take away from it. I don't think. You can't really overreact at this point. you got to wait till regular season. There's a lot of preseason heroes and then regular season duds. And on the flip side, there's a lot of teams that look like shit in preseason. Then for whatever reason, you put a couple star players back in the lineup. Everything changes during the season. So we have to remember that as we go forward. Is Kenny Pickett a first ballot Hall of Famer? <laughs> he might be. Is Kenny Pickett a first ballot Hall With saying everything I just said, mm-hmm. is Kenny Pickett a fucking guy? What a moment. Mitchell Trubisky comes in plays great football I think all of Pittsburgh was excited for that I heard Yinzer singing Mitchell Trubisky's praises for about two quarters yeah. two and a half quarters then all of a sudden it became standing ovation University of Pittsburgh yeah, football yeah. teams here all of Pittsburgh is here for Kenny Pickett it reminded me of when Mac Jones mm-hmm. went onto the goddamn uh-huh. field oh, yeah. last year after mm-hmm. Cam Newton got subbed out for that preseason game all of Pittsburgh went bananas for Jesus. Kenny Pickett thought this guy was going to maybe stink maybe the moment was going to be too big for him they kept the offense pretty simple for him early let him get a couple mm-hmm. completions Kenny Pickett looks like he's got the swagger. His hands do look interesting with both gloves. When he's walking sure. back into the huddle, it's like, all right, that's an interesting it's look. Hot. We're going to have to get used to that. But if he uses gloves and he does what he did against uh-huh. those third stringers alongside third stringers, uh-huh. which also has to be a part of the conversation, I think everybody will be pumped. Ten seconds left in the game. Take the snap. Go through a full, full read. Mm-hmm. Hit a guy. 
That guy doesn't choose to get out of bounds. No, no, he no, no, actually no. turns inside. Seattle Seahawks corner, who literally was making the right play, he's going to break on the outside of wide receiver named uh, oh. oh, Tanner. Whatever his name <laughs> seems like a good player. He breaks inside, though. Seattle corner thought he was making the right play to keep him inbounds, tackle him. This is I'm going to make the team. Instead, miss. Game-winning touchdown. Could it have Started any better for fucking Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh? And are you guys picketing for Pickett right now outside of Mike Tomlin's office? That was awesome to watch. NFL Network, the fuck? What we doing? We got Drew Locke competing with Geno Smith for a starting job. Drew yeah. Locke had meaningful minutes. Crook. Dog. Yeah. Player. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's competing against fucking Kenny Pickett mm-hmm. live, competing for a job. First quarterback taken. They're getting after. And they go to Cooper fucking Rush. And uh, Josh Johnson. And, yeah, yeah. Josh, what are what? we doing? Well, how was that even decided? I get it's the Cowboys, so you got to do what you got to do. It was fourth quarter, meaningful game. Mm-hmm. They were actually scoring points. And NFL Network goes the other way. I know it's not an easy decision. Sure. I mm-hmm. got Jerry Jones breathing down your neck or right. whatever. Put the fucking Cowboys on. But there was really one of the only two storylines that are going through camp. Quarterback competition mm-hmm. in Seattle yep. and fucking Kenny Pickett yeah. playing. Happening. Meaningful minutes of preseason mm-hmm. game. And they just cut off and said, see you later. Can't have it. Can't have it. No. I didn't get to hear Pompiani, Charlie Come Batch on. do any of this stuff. They even had Rudy on for a couple minutes. I almost did. missed that because the NFL Network went to some lame-ass game that nobody cares about. Mm-hmm. Broncos, Russell Wilson, Cowboys, Jerry Jones, none of them fucking nope. played. No. Not to get, keep them off. Nonetheless, what a fucking game for the Pittsburgh Steelers and Kenny Pickett. I assume he can't start any better than that. No, Kenny looked uh, – my biggest thing was that he looked like calm, like cool, calm, collected. He knew where he wanted to go with the ball because in that situation, you know, you had Narduzzi there to congratulate Kenny on getting and then take pictures with CFO uh, Phil yeah. and CFO Phil's kids. Mm-hmm. Narduzzi knew uh, yeah. knew the test. So yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. understood the assignment. He did. But take you, pictures with little CFO Phil. First <laughs> round draft pick, everyone's chanting your name. First preseason game with the Steelers in Akersher. Um, oh, my biggest thing was that he looked yeah. like super calm. And he's definitely, it feels like Kenny's a gamer. Like once the lights go on and, and, and the fucking, we're ready to go. Kenny's ready to go. Now Mitch looked really good too. Uh, so it's definitely them one, two, not even a nah, doubt. No, nah, Rudolph. Nah, Rudolph. Rudolph. Rudolph came Fun. in there second. Yeah, yeah. He's got meaningful minutes yeah. too. That ball yeah. Oh, yeah. He did throw, well, anybody. Can Rudolph throw. has more meaningful minutes in the NFL <laughs> in recent memory than Mitchell Trubisky. That's Still yeah. have a beer with what the do guy. you mean? Didn't he play some games last year? Started a game last year. Yeah. Meaningful game. Mitch was sitting behind Josh Allen. Entire year. Might have been learning, but who has the most recent veteran reps in games that matter? It's Mason, Mason Rudolph. Rudolph. By a lot. How come you guys are just ruling him out? I think the, you guys, the injuries have gotten a hold of the TV execs, too. They're leaving fucking Mason Rudolph off all the graphics. Yeah. Yeah. It's just Mitchell Trubisky, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett won like 14 to 15, by the way. Mm-hmm. Game-winning touchdown. <laughs> Pretty good game. <laughs> that is. Yeah. He balled out. It was such an incredible start. A game means nothing, but I feel like Pittsburgh, that meant a lot. Now he can go out and shit to bed next week and no, everybody will forget, but you always have that moment where he debuted as a Steeler. Not a single peep about fucking Mason Rudolph. Well, he yeah. stinks. No. He did, he did okay. Hey, yeah, he he threw one good ball to George Pickens. Other than that, he almost fumbled the ball as soon as he came into the game. Pickens did all the work too. Yeah, he did. He's not athletic. He can't move in the pocket. He just he just throws balloon balls. That's all no he can do. And so I didn't get to see all of Pickett's performance because once again NFL sure. Network gave us Cooper Rush. Right. Yeah. Yep. And if, what are we doing? Can't have it. Won't I, have it. I actually, you know, people like tweet airline companies and uh-huh. like politicians yeah. mm-hmm. and like other things that are never going to change. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm going to put a tweet out there. I'm going to let people know that I am 
not happy with these. And I respect it. I appreciate it because you think you're changing the world. Just like the people that say they're going to move. If this happens, we're going to move. Out. They never move. That does happen. Mm -hmm. But you put your tweet out there saying, hey, there's right. a potential. First time I thought maybe I could sway the vote a little bit. I'm going to tweet NFL Network because I can't be the only person that's sick, uh, sitting here thinking. Not just Steelers fans. I think there was a lot of people that wanted to watch fucking Drew yeah. Locke, too. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's competing against Gino, who was named the starter. Gino had pretty good, pretty good game. Excited to see what Drew Locke does. I thought this tweet was really going to sway the thing. They showed him picture in picture one time. Then he went, Kenny was driving. I think he was trying to stiff arm mm -hmm. somebody as if mm -hmm. it was college football. Mm -hmm. And he said, oh, this is the men's league, pal, and dumped him on his yeah, face. And then there was another one where he thought he was going to get the edge. Hey, this is the men's league, pal. Boom, dumped him on his face. But those were in picture in picture. I thought we are going to be able to see it. So I don't, I'm not sure if we got a good, accurate read on it, but it seemed like a great, productive evening for Kenny Pickett. Yeah, we got to see the two touchdown drives. Two of the three drives were touchdown drives. That one, yeah, it was just they were backed up, bad position. There was nothing he could do about that one. Uh, but no, it was, it was a dream start for him. Dream start for the Steelers. I mean, it's Super Bowl or bust at this point. Oh, yeah. I like that. Nice. Defense is going to be good. Mm -hmm. I mean, TJ Hyde just chilling, coming out, having a good time. Yeah. Uh, Cam Hayward looks chilling. bigger than he's ever looked. Mike Tomlin seems to be very happy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, which, you're talking laughing on the sideline. Mm -hmm. right now and bit. he said this weekend that they need the defense should be dominant, which I've never really heard him talk like that. Like, oh, it's like Goodell saying predatory behavior. Yeah, right. Like and Tomlin's like, yeah, we should be. Need to be dominant. Yeah, we should be good. And the world yeah. got to uh, experience George Pickens, which the uh, Steelers fans have heard for the last couple weeks. And uh, Remember, if you listen to this show in the Field of Beat segments, mm -hmm. we learned of a man who put a Rudy sub in his pocket for four or five hours. Mm -hmm. yep. right. And then ate that thing later in the day. Didn't even have to microwave We it. learned of a man who <laughs> tore both of his Achilles in a couple uh -huh. months span. Yep. We learned of a man that got a golf cart ride because Steelers give him a run. Right. Turned out for right. We learned a Mark Boley, who's obviously the beat reporter for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who joins us to feel the beat. He has been saying, if Pickens ain't a guy, I'll be more surprised. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Talking about the highlights day in, day out mm -hmm. over there. Now, I know Chase Claypool is going to be a guy for the Pittsburgh mm -hmm. Steelers. I think it's good news for him that Pickens has arrived. Oh, yeah. Pickens has the incredible catch. Obviously, Mason Rudolph drops it in a goddamn bucket. Buck, yeah. He gets both of his feet Almost in. threw him out of bounds. Yeah, but he did it. end up perfect. perfect. Pickens gets both of his feet in somehow. Mm -hmm. And then not only that, that block. Oh. Now, they have it on film. Every corner now knows, okay, this guy is. He's one of those. He's going to do something during. Because there's a lot of wide receivers who just go, hey, we're together, we're together, we're together. Mm -hmm. And neither of us are making a play, neither of us are <laughs> making a play. Them knowing that, that's going to be a whole new ball game. We'll talk to Darius Butler about that in about an hour. But, yeah, Pickens is awesome. Mm -hmm. And, uh he glides. Yeah. Like he fucking it's easy runner. He runs right by people and they have no when did they draft him? Second round. How'd he follow the second round? Because uh, what, eleven wide receivers or something like that won in the first round? How many wide receivers won in the first round? I think like eleven. It was a, lot, a shit ton. A lot, a lot. It was yeah. why the Cardinals traded. Remember the Cardinals, yes. wherever they were sitting, they said they liked however seven, eight, I forget how many mm -hmm. wide receivers it was. We like this many wide receivers, but we don't think any of them will be around by the time we get up to draft. So they actually send their pick to Baltimore to get Hollywood because they wanted Pickens was sitting right there. Yep, That's right. Yeah. Could have got Pickens. Could have gone. What the fuck are Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury doing? Good question. Steelers know how to draft wide receivers. Uh, we watched them make a hell of a diving catch in the national championship last year. Of again. course we did. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Because he played for Georgia. Georgia. Yes, he did. That's why he's a, he was born a dog. He was raised a dog. He's always going to be a dog. Yeah, he's a guy. 
That was fun to watch. There's other stories around there. Let's put up the preseason results. Let's put up all the games as uh, Rapport is probably getting ready to join us here momentarily. It's awesome to have these games to be able to turn on and watch. So nice, even though they stink. Incredibly frustrating. Yes. Whenever you're putting on a shit game okay. instead of the good game. For uh-huh. sure. Uh, but here's what happened this weekend in the preseason if you were not able to keep up. Obviously, the Giants get a big-time win off of Graham Gano's fourth. That was on Thursday. Yeah. Baltimore Ravens get a win, 23-10. Lamar Jackson has given a uh, deadline for his contract extension first week of the season. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can go. uh, Just keep the – yep. All right, good. Uh, Mitt's in for Foxy, by the way. Uh, Send Foxy some positive tweets if you get a chance Mm -hmm. to. Mitt, you're crushing it. Zito's back there. Nick's back there. Falcons get a big-time win. Let's go. Hey, Desmond Ritter's going to be a guy. Huh? You just kind of rolled to his right, fourth and nine, last play of the game, threw one up, kind of said a prayer. I assume one yeah. thing was in mm-hmm. the air. Touchdown. What a play. What a win. Good for the Falcons. If the, uh, if the first couple drives of Mariota was any inclination of what the season's going to be like, too, he's going to, Ritter's going to have to play because Mariota is going to be in a body bag. He's running a lot. Yeah, a lot of running. Mariota's freak athlete, though, and they know that. Uh, the Browns win 24 13 uh, in Jacksonville. Uh, interesting start to that game. All of uh, the Jaguars fans. Seemed like even children and okay. grannies yep. uh, were chanting, you sick fuck, to Deshaun Watson. Really? Yeah, sure no way. Yeah, first huddle, he was in there. He made a play, and they were a little backed up. Seemed to be a good punt there from Jacksonville. Logan Cook got him backed up. And he breaks the huddle. And as he's lining up, yeah, you, lo and behold, if you open your ears, there's a very vivid and clear, you, you sick fuck. fuck, you, you sick fuck. fuck. Yeah, our old lady even yeah. doing the whole. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's. Hey, by the way, probably going to happen for the rest of his career. Yep. Oh, that'll... He apologized. Keep going? I seen him apologize with the DD. That video was interesting, too. Obviously, that got the reaction that uh, everybody expected. Jets get a big win, but big loss oh, at the same no. time. Uh-oh. Yeah. And although Joe Flacco has been talked about in a positive fashion by the New York Jets this entire training camp, maybe for trade bait, who knows? It seems like it is Flacco time. I feel it, Maybe Mike White makes an appearance again for the New York Jets. Zach Wilson tears meniscus and bruises bone in knee in a non-contact. He cut. Mm-hmm. He goes down preseason game. Never want to see that. Especially, this is the first time Zach's been like, oh, yeah. I think, revered. Oh, yeah. Hyped up. Getting a lot of yeah. juice around mm-hmm. him. I'm team. sitting next to Michael Cole at SmackDown when that happens, by the way. Oh, no. It was awesome. It was absolutely. He goes up. By the way, never awesome when a player gets hurt. Happy to enter his ACL. Excited to see how fast he can come back. He's getting surgery tomorrow or today in LA. He will fly back with the team. Meniscus, a few weeks, three, four weeks, I think is probably a good guesstimation. Maybe five, six with the bone bruise on top of there. They're thinking he'll be back. Joe Flacco, leadership time. Uh, Mike, Michael Cole and Jets fans, they'll go, of course. Of course. Yes. Of course. This mm-hmm. guy, jumping sidearm, mm-hmm. no look, dimes. Everybody's talking about him being a dog. We got a cool quarterback again. It mm-hmm. seems to be good. Preseason game, only supposed to play one series. Throws a pick, comes in the next one, cuts on nobody. He's out two months probably. Bad. That is just <laughs> so sorry. Football. About, so sorry to the Right Jets. after losing Bombs. their left tackle for the season. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry. And then Bob Sala. Cardinals win 36-23. Uh, Trey Lance appears to be a guy, 28-21. Bears get a big-time win on a terrible football field. Mm-hmm. Uh, Panthers 23-21. Bills beat the Colts. 
Uh-oh. Colts. Five picks. Colts defense, five picks. Fuck off. True. Uh, Steelers obviously get – what's that, pal? Fourth down looks eerily similar to last year's fourth down. Yeah, but it's going to turn – before that fourth down. No, it's going to turn around. Dolphins get a big win. Congrats to the Dolphins. Daniel gets his first win. Texans, Dougie Davis-Mill, Lovey Smith get a win. Broncos, 17-7. Rams, 29-22. And the Raiders beat the Vikings, 26-20. What a weekend of preseason football. Joining us now, hopefully breaking it all down, maybe giving us some inside information after one game has been played for everybody but the Raiders and uh, uh, Jaguars. They played two. They're yes. a little bit deeper into this entire preseason. Uh, the senior NFL insider for the NFL, the network, the league itself, and on the internet, a man whose wife had a New York Times post. post. Oh. Same thing. Yeah, Same exactly. Thing. Maybe sure. post article because she's such a badass. Ladies and gentlemen, the host of the weekly wrap-up, Rap Sheet and Friends, us being the friends, he being Rap Sheet, Ian Rappaport. What's up? Hey, how are you, pal? There's a lot of shit going on in your world now. This must be a lot better than the times you're just sitting on a golf course and nothing was happening in the NFL. Yeah, there's some stuff. I mean, the best thing is, like, it's all starting to mean some things. So, like, you're talking about games. Like, you're going through, like, you know, Kenny Pickett looked good and this guy looked good. And, like, we can actually see people do real things instead of, like, even training camp, which I love training camp. You're kind of going against yourself, so you can never tell, like, all right, well, this quarterback stinks, or wait, maybe his defense is actually good that he's going. Like, you can't you can't tell anything, so at least we're starting to get closer to being able to tell some things. Yeah, and I think, I think you're right. Although coaches and evaluators, I think, take practice reps very serious, almost more serious than the games, it is nice to see, like, New England go out there yes. and their offense mm-hmm. not be completely inept. Because the way that narrative was being yeah. talked about is as if they were stepping on each other's feet, mm-hmm. falling on their faces. Steelers. Now, let's just dive right into it, because Kenny Pickett obviously was awesome. So is Trubisky. Yeah. There's quarterback battles happening around the NFL. Pittsburgh seems to be one of them. Carolina's another one. What are your thoughts on them after this first preseason week, Ian Rappaport? All right, well, we'll start with the Steelers. Uh, I thought Kenny Pickett looked really good. And I was at Steelers was a week or so ago with Mike Garofolo talking to a bunch of the coaches. Everything Kenny Pickett was really good. It still feels to me like this is Mitchell Trubisky's job to start with, which – you know, Caboli said you could rubber stamp that Trubisky's going to be a right. starter. Bingo. Mark Caboli right. said that. Right. I mean, and that makes sense. He's a veteran. He's done it. He knows the play. But he's had many, many, many more months to deal with the play. But all that stuff is good. And it sounds like Trubisky, for what Matt Canada wants to do, kind of be more athletic, I guess, than Ben, who was awesome, but oh. definitely not a fit for Matt Canada's more college-style <laughs> offense. I think Trubisky makes sense. The best thing, though, is at some point there is a chance, maybe good chance, that the Steelers will play Kenny Pickett. Maybe injury, maybe Trubisky struggles, whatever it is. Seeing him go out there and just look like regular, like just look like he was in control. I mean, it's like they were asking him to do a lot, but everything was on time. He was accurate. Like That was best-case scenario for me. Okay, so let's dive into Carolina as well. Carolina's got a lot going on. Is Sam Darnold potentially back to the Jets? Wow. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I don't sense that's coming. (laughs) Okay, but but actually, I heard you talking about the Joe Flacco love before. You know, when as soon as Zach Wilson gets injured and like his knee buckled, and so everyone on the internet was basically like writing his obituary. Um, And we'll see what happens. He's got surgery tomorrow from Dr. Neil Alatrash. The hope is that Zach Wilson gets a trim uh, rather than a full repair of the meniscus. There's a lot of optimism that it's going to be just the trim along with the bone bruise, which is not surgical. 
Um, so they think he's going to be okay earlier in the season. But when it seemed on Saturday night that he might, or whenever that was, I think Saturday night that he wasn't going to be, you know, I wondered about Jimmy G, but it seems like it's going to be Flacco. Like, they really like where Joe Flacco is in this offense especially. I can't wait to see what Flacco does. Uh, Jimmy G there and Carolina, which one do you want to go towards first? Uh, talk about Carolina first. Okay. Um, so it seemed like Baker and Donald both had some good moments. Donald with the touchdown, but took over a short field, I think inside the 15, if I remember correctly. Oh, um, yeah. You know, had an opportunity through a nice touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. Um, some good, some not good. I think Baker looked fine, more than fine. Um, it still feels to me like it's leaning uh, Baker Mayfield. He's been more impressive in practice, you know, rep in and rep out. I was there with Garofalo a week or so. We talked. Um, Mayfield looked better, definitely better, and probably a better fit for this offense. So it feels like that's the direction it's going. Okay, uh, so now Jimmy G, I seen and heard the Jacksonville Jaguars fans, okay? And I want you to pull your muffs on you and – your kid that you just got back from a three-month vacation mm-hmm. in the woods and yeah. any your other kid, whatever, they were chanting, you sick fuck, oh, you sick fuck, you sick fuck. And I'm not talking about just like five, six people. I'm talking like there was hundreds of people in the video that I got that was chanting that to Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson didn't go out and have his best performance. It's preseason football. He hasn't played football in years. I'm not sure on the field what we were expecting, but we assume right. that the appointee from Roger Goodell, after Roger Goodell has said things that we've never heard him say, predatory and all that stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. we assume he's going to be out for an entire year. Is Jimmy G going to Cleveland, or is that not in a conversation? Because we saw Andrew Brandt tweet, if you think Cleveland's just all of a sudden interested in Jimmy G, uh, like almost confusion, but it is different now, right? That Jimmy, that Deshaun's probably out for a year, and Jimmy's still available. Do you think that's going to happen, or what do you think is most likely there? Uh, first on the Deshaun, uh, I heard the chance. You know, this is what it's what going to be like Forever. for a while for him. It's going to be... You know, going into visiting, I mean, I, we'll see when he ends up playing. If he plays this year, that's what it's going to be like. Uh, opposing fans do not care and do not hold back unless there's some sort of directive from the NFL or from the teams that well, they need to clean it up. Like Then it gets even worse, yeah. right? Then it gets even worse. Probably right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just knowing humans... <laughs> Like probably right. Yeah. Um, none well, of it Okay. Okay. All right. You know, I'm sure some. No, I'm not gonna say it. Anyway, I was gonna equate. I was gonna make some equivalency, but I'm not gonna do that. Um, Very nice of you. I guess. Okay, so, good guy. Uh, first of all, what a hero. I I don't know if we can assume that Deshaun's gonna be a year. We know that Roger Goodell has said very publicly that he believes it should be a year. He called him predatory, as you mentioned. Came out really, really strong. I think a lot of people thought that we might get the ruling before Friday. Um, we didn't. So similar to what we were talking about with Sue Robinson, it seems that Roger Goodell's designee is on his own time frame, maybe to see if the two sides can get together on a settlement. Don't sense one is close, but perhaps at some point, or maybe just because he's not ready. So until and unless that happens, it's still going to be limbo. But to answer your question about Jimmy G and the Browns, I've seen some reports. Um, I just don't get the sense that the Browns are that interested. I just I just don't. I mean, they signed Jacoby Brissett for a reason. Um, if they trade for Jimmy G, it's 20-plus more million dollars. Not they the money's the afford. biggest concern, but, like, I just – I've checked with everyone. 
Maybe something will surprise me. I just do not get the sense that there's that much interest there. Fascinating. Good for Jacoby Brissett, by the way, who has proven in the past he can play great football. That roster seems to be loaded. Uh, the NFL, yeah. uh, the lawyers that are representing the NFL in this appeal uh, against the NFLPA's lawyer, who who's the lawyer that's representing Deshaun, the guy that started the union to begin with, right? What's his name? The lawyer? Uh, Jeffrey Kessler is, isn't, that's who you're talking about, right? Yeah, the NFLPA's shows, yes, yeah. Yes. Jeffrey Kessler. Him and Rusty Hardner sort of combining but yes okay so jeffrey kessler and rusty harden are representing deshaun watson for the nfl pa who's representing the nfl uh the nfl's uh they sort of have retained outside council the name escapes me um but they're under direct initiative from goodell yes i mean he is he is the boss and they are under right but that's you know that's one side against the other side. Yeah, but there's no there's no then the only so if they agree upon uh, like if the judge that has been appointed the uh, district attorney or attorney what is he who is he from Jersey the guy that's uh, the new judge right the AG from from Jersey Harvey right yeah so he is waiting for a potential settlement between the two but that would have to be a settlement between basically Roger Goodell and Rusty Harden and Deshaun right. Watson right right which so there's sort of two sides of this, right? On one side, a settlement would be the NFL accepting less than a year, right? And it would be Deshaun Watson and his team accepting more than they wanted. Remember, there was, you know, he got six games. I know there were some people that, you know, thought, well, it should be less. Remember, they argued Ooh. initially, the PA did, Deshaun Watson's what? lawyer did for a lot less. Oh, Kessler and Russell. So mm -hmm. a settlement, though, would basically end the story. That's the upside for the NFL. They yeah. want him to be suspended a year, but if they get to a settlement, they settle and that's the end of the story. It's not whereas like if they get a, a ruling from, you know, AG Harvey, former AG Harvey, then Deshaun Watson probably sues and then he's out six games anyway, but then, you know, we're still talking about federal court as this kind of goes and gets debated at the highest levels, like this is a story for most of the season. That I know is something the NFL does not want. Okay. So very interesting that it seems like all outside parties are the ones handling this for yeah. the NFL. Yeah. Kessler Harden, neither of them are in the NFLPA. Mm -hmm. They are lawyers that are representing the NFLPA. The NFL was appointed an outside party to represent them. We got an outside <laughs> judge to do this thing. It's getting appealed. Another outside judge right. to this thing. And then Goodell's just kind of, that's fascinating. That's probably. Well, and, and remember, it used to be the opposite. It used yes. to be they would rule, like it was just Roger Goodell. Yeah. Uh, which I know the union took major issue with and ended up with this. Mutually agreed upon system. Yeah, mutually agreed upon. Make sure you hit the talking points, Ian. Make sure you hit the talking points. <laughs> I mean, it's a negotiation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Make sure, just hit them. Make sure you hit them. Make sure you hit them. I've seen. I've heard this from every inside. Yeah, mutually yeah, agreed yeah. upon. Mutually agreed upon. There's no way this is what the NFLPA. How did they not have projections that this is exactly us? Not that this. By the way, we're not saying that the case that is being chatted about uh, shouldn't be the punishment, whatever it is. Not no. saying that. We're just talking about sure. the process. We're just talking about the process. We're the only ones that are talking about it. The NFLPA took a victory lap whenever Judge Hugh Robinson got hired. Mutually appointed, mutually appointed. We did it. We did it. We did it. <laughs> and now it's like, well, actually, Roger Goodell doesn't even have his own lawyers doing it. Yeah, He's mind. telling other people. Still lands on his desk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even. It's why. Anyways, let's move on. Let's move on, shall we? Um, sure. New, New England offense coordinator thing is awesome. We talk shit to Connor about what everybody else is saying about the New England Patriots. Yeah. The word around the street about the New England Patriots is on offense. They look terrible. That's everybody that is basically a pundit is saying. 
I liked watching the game. I feel like there was a lot better uh, performance by the offense and Zappy. I mean, that guy, yeah, that guy was slinging it all down, over the place. Yeah. They didn't look as terrible as everybody's saying. Bill Belichick afterwards goes, we we're going through a process. Well, I was just wondering if we get some clarity. Great, great, great. <laughs> Fuck off. He says that person that's asking it. It's a full process. Matt Patricia's come in and said, Bill Belichick's the boss. Joe Judge come in and said, Bill Belichick's the boss. We're just doing whatever the hell we can do. Do you have any clarity on that entire situation on who's going to be calling plays, who's not going to be calling plays, and how it's going to look in the end so early in training camp remember it was kind of a big thing where it looked like matt patricia was the one reading the plays into the quarterback and everyone was like well he's obviously the play caller i would say for those of us who've been around new england things are never ever ever quite as they seem yeah. so my sense now is joe judge will call some plays matt patricia will call some plays bill belichick will call some plays they'll go through it in the preseason they will similar to like like I believe it's similar to just like rotating offensive linemen. Like, take a look at this, see how this goes. Take a look at this, see how this goes. We'll come up with a system that, you know, works better than probably a lot of others. And then we'll just roll with it. And I think it's interesting because, you know, they're probably taking the offense back a little bit. Remember, Brady did it for 20 years. Josh McDaniels did it for not 20 years, but a lot of years. He leaves and they get to kind of reimagine it with a new play car and a much younger quarterback. So I would imagine they're simplifying things and kind of just redoing it. And so here's my guess as to what happens. One, probably not know for sure who the play caller is. Two, Bill Belichick will be very, very involved. And he kind of does this where, like, if there's one side of the ball that needs a little bit maybe more help, he will dive in and, like, I think it's pretty safe to say he could probably call an offense himself, so he'll be heavily involved. Do you think that Bill Belichick, because you just talked about reimagining the offense now that McDaniels and Tom Brady's gone and they got a young quarterback that has a different skill set, is it like a beautiful mind, you think, this offseason, Bill Belichick maybe tripping on some shit, drawing like what they could look like on the offensive side, and that's why the process is like, yeah, we're still trying to figure it out, basically. We're still trying to figure out what... Do you think he's at that point where he's still trying to figure out what he wants to do, or do you think he is trying to initiate what he came up with this offseason for that offense? I think he's probably still trying to figure out. I and so I wouldn't too, be yeah. surprised. Like, if you look at the Patriots, there have been plenty of times where in September yeah. they've kind of been like, eh, like rotating some guys, make, showing some looks, like not good, not good, mediocre. And then by the time you get to October, they really figure it out. Like, feels to me like Belichick is totally fine taking his time, trying some things. How about this? How about that? Like, you know, is it going to look different for us? My guess is probably not. But I think for them, it's gone in so many different iterations. It's been so complex with Josh and Brady there that I think taking it all the way back probably in the end helps everything because I think when Brady was there, it was so complicated that like receivers probably had a hard time catching. Like it was hard for everyone, but very successful. Yeah. I just, I will still continue to beat the drum of Bill Belichick's going to figure it out. It's Bill. It's football. It's Bill Belichick. I do. I do wish he would come out there though, when he'd ask him questions and he would just say, I'm still trying to figure it out. I got 10 pieces of window that I've drawn marker on. It was Sharpie, not dry erase. I made a mistake early. Like, I just wish he would be so transparent, you know? Like, we are trying to figure it out. We don't know what it's going to look like, but I feel like he just hates everybody and does. he knows he's going to take his lumps, and then inevitably they're going to figure it out. That just feels like that's what the Patriots are going to do. We shall see. Go ahead, Ty Schmidt. Last couple questions. We can't thank you enough for your time, Ian. Rep sheet, the Packers removed Elton Jenkins and Christian Watson from the pup, but but they didn't take off uh, Bakhtiari, and we've kind of heard that 
you know, like it's no big deal, but is there starting to become some cause for concern within the Packers? Like when, when do they expect him to actually be back? Yeah, uh, first to the first two, I thought really significant that Elton Jenkins, who I believe has been practicing at right tackle, Hell yeah. um, that he was activated because he got injured late in the season. And like in my head, I, as I kind of try to keep track of this, I'm like, all right, well, that's a guy who'll probably stay on pup. Like he's practicing and seems like it looks pretty good. Really positive there. Um, I would say, you know, for a rookie receiver, um, being activated off the pup list with four, three and a half weeks ago is good. Um, probably enough time to get ready for the season, also good. No Bakhtiari is at least a little bit concerning. And, like, one thing we know from last year, I will never, ever just kind of go, eh, he'll probably be fine. Like, in my head last year, there was a while when I thought, eh, he'll probably be okay. You know, when the bell rings, he'll be out there. He's had a couple surgeries. He wants to be out there extremely bad. You know, next when he if he gets activated by next week, I'd say it'd be close for him to be ready for week one. But there obviously now is a possibility that he's not. And that's, you know, if he's ready for the final 13 games, that's okay. You just want him to be fully ready and, and raring to go. Yeah, rap sheet. Uh, with Lamar Jackson, now that he has a deadline for week one, have there been any numbers like thrown out? Are they working through kind of the nitty-gritty, or are they nowhere close? 235, 240 guaranteed? Uh, you know, would the Ravens go there fully guaranteed? I would be a little surprised based on their contract. Well, Nobody Deshaun got it. Deshaun got that. Hey, Deshaun hasn't played Deshaun had more leverage. Danny? I know it's. I know, I know. Whatever, everything that's happened with Deshaun, everything legal, everything. A lot of teams wanted him. Oh, you're talking a about Atlanta was in the ballpark, the Saints were in the ballpark, and the Browns were trying their best. Yeah, everybody wanted him, and it's you know obviously Carolina. there's a lot of people that do not agree with that. Absolutely understand. Leverage is unfortunately leverage, and so that's the market determines it. That's what the Browns are willing to do. Would the Ravens go there? I'm not so sure. I know they are having talks. Um, I don't know if a deal is going to get done. Uh, I would imagine the Kyler Murray deal will be the floor. Um, I'm, from what I understand, the Ravens are willing, as they should, willing to go more than that. So that was uh, 46-1, if I remember correctly, right, in new money. I just They're working. I don't think we'll get any clarity until probably two weeks from now, like right up against the start of the season. But at least they are talking and having real conversations. And now – Listen, Lamar represents himself. He's put on like 18 pounds of muscle, yeah, too. Yeah, hey, it's good. He's lifted. about to. Mm-hmm. He's, he's going to go. <laughs> I'm excited to watch him this year. But like saying the leverage thing, and that's real life, that's reality, that's business. If you have three people competing for your uh, business, that's great news because obviously the number is only going to go up. Or right. if you're trying to get something done at your house and you have three companies competing for it, that number is going to go down. It's just natural business, you know, supply and right. demand. The fact that he's never going to be a free agent for like three years is why his leverage is nothing. So I, I just think like if Lamar was to be a full asshole prick about this and create like I want out of here, I don't want to play. He's, he would end up getting more money, which is like it's a shame that that is kind of, you know, don't like, probably right as a human. Isn't that a little bit of a, a little bit of a shame yeah. just to talk about? I mean, and like, you know, Lamar showed up in great shape, ready to roll. Handled questions fine. Positive. Like, yeah, but he's but he's always like that, though. And, like, you know, I don't know where this is going to turn, but knowing the kind of guy he is, the way people look to the way the organization loves him, 
you know, I would be a little surprised if he was someone that just turned it all on his head and just became a jerk. Like, he's a good guy and he does everything right. So, like, I mean, I don't know if that hurts his leverage or not. It stinks. It stinks because if he was to say, I want out of here, and the Ravens were to agree, like what happened with the Texans and Deshaun, and there'd be more than the teams that were interested in Deshaun Watson would be in Lamar. And he'd be able to run that thing up. But there's... Like, no reason to have to do business that way. Especially, ah, that's wild. That is wild to me. Uh, but I, I want to let Lamar know. I hope you get 235 guaranteed. Yeah, that's right. 230, 40, 240 maybe guaranteed. Give him 250. Hey, whatever the hell you want, Lamar. We hope you go get it, even though business is an interesting thing. Last question here before, oh, that was your question. Mm-hmm. Ian, we can't thank you enough for joining us, pal. Thank you for having me. I'm sure we'll be chatting soon. Anything, co- oh, so something's oh, coming okay. out. News. I mean, one would hope that we would get a Deshaun Watson ruling, but as I've learned over the last six months, uh, anyone who says they know about the timing really does not know. So well, we'll and okay. over the last six months, you learned like how to putt better. Yeah, right. You know how Water. to. Hit your I did actually key. learn how to putt better. I've been. I'm a two putt machine now. Are you doing the claw the like Will? Are you doing? Are you doing longer putt with the claw like Will Zalatoris to become the best putter in? Uh... No, uh, crosshand. I putt crosshanded now. Oh, like this. Keep it a little ah. bit more steady. Which is actually really like. Kind of embarrassing, but so oh. is three putting. So no, it's not. There's a lot of people that threw <laughs> yeah, that cross going in. in. Hey, when do you see the shit I'm debuting next season? Yeah. Twelve season long putter. I'm going fucking hockey. Kind of like the. I'm doing it. I, people talk about it all the time. I'm going long putt, long grip. I'm fucking hockey in that thing. I'm Hell looking yeah. at the goddamn hole, and I'm I'm putting that thing. I'm hockey. I try. I tried that. That I love that speed does that. It does not work for me, but it's a very cool trick. Speed does that. What? Then Spieth look at the hole instead of the ball. Inside like oh. five feet. Oh, oh yeah, Talking yeah. about the hole. I'm, I'm, I'm grabbing my putter like this right here. You see? I'm fucking. Huh? Yeah. I like it. You know what I mean? Feed him. He's in the slot. He's Who's open. to say it's wrong? Well, everything else I've tried has been wrong, and it's fucking what looks like everybody <laughs> else's putt. So anything can get a. I lost 14 balls <laughs> on Saturday. That's tough. I'm never golfing again. All right, Rap, we appreciate you, pal. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. Thank you, man. Here we go. Out of baby. You guys are getting good. Uh huh. I can feel a little bit. Thank God AJ's not here to fuck it up. Well, he wouldn't be here normally, and he's definitely not here today because Mm -hmm. he's with Brady Quinn in there. Third and goal foundation. Sure. (laughs) It's not fourth and long, obviously. Well, you you get it, though. It's third and goal. Mm -hmm. Both very important. Plays yeah, in football. Mm-hmm. Brady Quinn has done a lot of great things alongside his third and goal foundation. And AJ Hawk is currently blacking out on a mm-hmm. golf course in Ohio in Sporer Troops. That's right. In Sporer Military. Thank you, Troops. Hell yeah. Hey, thank you, AJ. Thank you, Troops. Thank you, Brady Quinn. Thank you, third and goal foundation. Thank you. Not fourth and long. No. Fourth and long foundation, completely different foundation. Mm-hmm. Probably founded by somebody else. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. Probably. Uh, let's dive into some stuff here with the talks table at Ty Schmidt at Boston Connor. One half of the hammer. Done. Cowboys tone. Did you look good, Tom? Thank you. Still got that COVID cowboy hat on? Yeah, why wouldn't I? Still being an outlaw? Absolutely. It's still being a maverick? Uh-huh. Only one way to live, Pat. Still being a misfit, huh? Yeah. 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 Still saddling that horse of yeah. being an absolute badass? Yeah, you March know me, pal. Sounds like you guys had a great gambling weekend. I don't yeah, know we what you were, but Gumpy was like 11-3-6 and six or something on a weekend when we were talking soccer bets and footy bets and everything else like that. Are you guys betting on preseason games, and how are we doing? Preseason football was awesome. I think I went 6 of 7. Oh! Um, I believe it was 6 of 7. Um, 
and I would have won $5,000, but the Colts fucking stink, okay? And yeah. they can't, they can't <laughs> hold on to a lead. And then soon as that fucking guy, Jack Cohn, came in, who wasn't even good in college. I don't know how he's on an NFL Tony. roster. All right. Tony. It's preseason. Come on. Listen, just because you're putting too much money on these preseason games doesn't mean you need to attack these guys that are trying to have their dreams Colts come true. Colts was the only one who lost because Frank Reich doesn't know how to convert a fucking fourth down. All right. Okay. We'll, we'll punt the ball. Again. Ellinger is a absolute stud. He Dog. Was gonna, he saved us in the second half, and then fucking Jack Cohn comes in. He doesn't know his ass between that and the hole behind you and that wall. Okay? Well, that's a glory hole, they say. Mm-hmm. I don't know about his ass, what's going on there probably some glorious shit but the thing about it is it's just preseason come on it's just preseason. and i put out a tweet you know because i was being attacked in that colts bills game by a lot of people okay. talking about how the colts look with their ones out there definitely ones without jonathan taylor but everybody else ones out there matt ryan out there yep. making plays and not scoring a lot of points all right no. not scoring a lot of get points against the twos and the threes of the buffalo bills defense it's not about that it's about you know these are preseason games these are preseason reps so i put a tweet out that you say it's just preseason everyone relax all right yeah and it seemed like a lot of teams kind of made this uh, a lot of retweets from a lot of people a lot of fans that are getting attacked by people like sure. hey everybody needs to relax I will say, with about two minutes left in that fourth quarter, I had an entire tweet about sports books maybe changing the odds. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Colts just knocked off the Super Bowl favorites, mm-hmm. Buffalo Bills. Everybody panic. You know, everybody go crazy here. And instead, we end up losing. So, wasn't a lot to kind of ride home about other than five interceptions for the Colts defense. Sure. But that's the things that you have to start taking away from these preseason games. You might lose 5000 bucks because you're betting on a team that you live in and because you think, you know, they are going to play Matt Ryan a lot and that team should beat the team right. that doesn't play their quarterback, that they just pay more money and all their stars and everything like that. That's smart betting. But preseason football is always up in the air. Speaking of up in the air, Matt Ariza punted a ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, that thing was 72 yards from the line of scrimmage in air then rolls into the end zone for an 82-yard punt. Um, Now, only 62-yard net, obviously, is what some idiots were saying on the internet. He fucking murdered that football. It's wild. That ball was absolutely slaughtered. Now, some people might say there was a win behind him. That's what, there's a lot of people making excuses for why that wasn't a good punt. I'd like to let everybody know, even if you got a fucking jet stream behind you, it's hard to hit a ball that far. He did a little rollout with a jump punt, kind of like uh, Aussie Rules punt almost. So he's going to try to change the game a little bit. Not sure if he's going to be able to do that in December in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter because there's not a lot of motherfuckers doing what he did ever. So I think he should be excited. The punt god said hello to the NFL in beautiful fashion while some other punters and kickers did the complete opposite. Uh, but Buffalo's got a team up there. Yeah. And uh, yeah. they're deep, is what mm-hmm. I learned from yeah. playing the Colts. That's another thing you can take away from preseason games. How deep is your team? We can run through some teams that got some wins that might have surprised us a little bit, or we cannot waste our time completely. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, because, you know, that Broncos-Cowboys game uh, that was cutting into the Steelers-Seattle Seahawks game. By the way, Steelers-Seahawks, actual good game. Yeah. A lot of players that actually understand football, a lot of positions on the line that are like mm-hmm. of importance to mm-hmm. people are trying really hard. They're going back and forth. Pittsburgh was electric. Nobody left the game because they were waiting for Kenny Pickett. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was awesome. The NFL Network went to the Cowboys-Broncos game, and I thought maybe that was because Russell Wilson was playing. And I thought maybe that Russell Wilson was playing strictly because, did you see this guy <laughs> walk out of his house Beast. casually, get caught candidly, got it into his Rolls Royce in which he almost walked right by. If I had any bet on any preseason game, it would have been immediately on Denver Broncos as soon as this fucking video hit the internet. Go ahead and play that beautiful thing, uh, Emmett McMahon. First game. Okay. Let's go. Broncos country, you already know what it is. Let's ride, baby. Let's go. Can't wait. Yeah, yeah. 
Fast car. Love you guys. Over here, Mr. Wilson. Hey, Russ, we're taking the Bentley today. Rolls Royce. I don't think it's a Bentley. He was heading to the Bentley. By the way, yeah, he was heading to, or maybe that truck in the back that arrived was on the other side. I love Russell Wilson. So do I. It's awesome. All white, like a fucking angel coming mm-hmm. down to save the goddamn day. Yeah. Walking out confidently. He's got a cameraman. He's got a video guy. Cameraman in there. Somebody was shutting the back of that truck, the trunk of the thing <laughs> uh-huh. as well. And somebody had the door open. And he's just heading to a preseason game. Yeah. As soon as I saw it, I said, it's time to go to work. It is time to go to work. Hey, Broncos country, I can't even see this fucking Rolls Royce I'm supposed to hop in. <laughs> Let's ride, he said. He was so excited to get there. Then there's clips of him coming out in warm-ups. He's fully suited and booted. Yep. He's throwing the ball around saying, there's nothing like game day, baby. I'm like, holy fuck. Russell Wilson's about to hang 50. I put money on the Broncos. Because he walked his car in an incredibly confident sure. fashion. He warmed up a great... He didn't play it done. Nope. He didn't play it He didn't play a single done. If that's what Russell Wilson's doing for a game he's not playing, I can't wait to see this motherfucker actually saddle that horse. He might show up on an actual horse. Oh. That first week where he's playing. I love the Broncos all of a sudden. The AFC West that is completely packed. But Russell Wilson is winning me over with every single fucking post he puts on the internet. From wearing his own goddamn jersey. Uh-huh. From the Broncos country. Let's rock. Bronco country. Let's, Let's ride. ride. Bronco country. Let's, Let's ride. ride. I love everything about it. He's a whole new man. Where was this in Seattle? He hated Seattle. Hated, yeah. Is that hated. what it was? He hated Seattle. Yeah, it's not nice weather. You know, it's not for sure. somebody like Russell, who's the chosen one. We all know it. But I assume when it does come down to it, when it is real game day in Why are you Denver, calling him the chosen one? What's that all about? <laughs> why am I calling I mean, he looks like Jesus Christ coming out of his house. Yeah, okay. That's why I'm okay. calling him the did chosen one. Did you see one. that fucking good man brand shirt? Yeah, he yeah, looked awesome. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. I, saw, I saw the D- double V. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Linens. I mean, but like he's probably gonna ah, what? Quick, how many takes though? Because that door closed. And it, you know, <laughs> that's he, a good point. How many he's takes? walking out of the door, but takes. the door's not open. Yeah, what, what do you mean takes? takes? So I don't think it was any takes, but I think he did open a very nice door that looks like it's to a vineyard. Yeah, shut that door, and then they had to go. Hey, well, Russell, we're not ready yet. Yeah, yeah, they had to run around. Oh, and get okay. him in. Yeah, I assume he just moves his hand like this, and there's a sensor, and then the door opens. So he just basically opens it with his mind. Yeah, but I'm talking about how to close that quickly then, because that would have been the fastest closing door of all time. Mm-hmm. You oh. know, because he's there's not even a crack in that door. Yeah, it senses him leaving. He could have like shape shifted through could've. the door. Yeah, that's probably. Oh, you think he went underneath it? Maybe mm-hmm. slithered underneath it. Yeah, yeah. Back up. Walked right through it. Yeah, doesn't yeah. see walls. He just knocks him down. This guy's awesome. I love yeah. Russell Wilson. I, here's a guy that'll never ever be on this show. Probably not. No. What do you mean? Never, no chance. Russell Wilson comes on this show. He's out of time. True. I don't know. That's we, why? I feel like there's a chance that, yes, because he's riding all the time. Say, yeah. That's he's right. He's riding and working all the That's time, right. uh-huh. thinking of new ways to motivate the boys. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. He can use a lot of the same stuff I guess he used in Seattle for a long time on this group of guys. Oh, yeah. But this is a whole new Russell Wilson. It is. Yeah. Whole it new is. Russell Wilson. And he's, a, what, the richest owner, 10X? Uh-huh. The owner's the richest owner in all of sports. Broncos are about to become oh. the team oh, that yeah. they're about to be. Jerry Jones had a kind of a grip on that for a long time. And maybe we shouldn't just blame Jerry Jones for that Cowboys-Broncos game cutting off the Steelers-Seahawks game, preseason game, which was actually good and meaningful happening. And they just go to that. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually Rob Walton and Russell Wilson saying, hey, we got the big dick now. That's yeah. right. Could be. We got the massive hogs in the NFL. Our league. The Broncos are about to take everything over, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They might. I mean, from everything we've heard about, basically, it's like, hey, if you have enough money just sitting there, like, you can do whatever you want to do. And he has 
10x, 15x more money than everyone else. Like, he can just be like, oh, hey, what, what do you want, Russ? You know, what do you want today? I'll go get it right fucking now. Hey, I need, it. hey he's sitting in the back of his Rolls Royce thinking to himself, I need uh, we need another wide receiver, don't we? Yeah. Rob, I was like, well, we'll, we'll just fucking go tell a team. We'll go yeah. tell a guy on another team. Like, hey, listen, you saw what Steven Ross was trying to do for like three years. Nobody found out. I'm sure that I could just say, hey, Tyreek Hill, you hate Miami, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we got $700 million for you. Cash over cap. No big think? deal. Come on over. What about OBJ? Oh, come on in. Uh, hey, Buffalo's going to give you $10 million. I'll give you two years, $185 million. They have so much money. Cash over cap is a real thing for yeah. them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Russell Wilson knows it. Mm -hmm. He knows they're about to go and run. That's why he's so confident. That's why he's so out there. If he's going to be public like this, he thinks they're going to be good, right? Yeah. Because Russell Wilson can't be let's riding in a white uh, angel no, good no. man brand suit if he thinks they're going to stink. That AFC West is a problem. They put uh -huh. up that schedule. Exactly. That is a tough uh -huh. fucking out. Everybody's got an AFC, though. It's going to be a tough out for a lot of people. Let's go bounce around the NFL a little bit. Uh, Mac Jones keeps a photo of the 47-17 loss to the uh, Buffalo Bills in his locker. This is obviously oh, motivation yeah. for him. It's a picture of him with his head down. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Head down, walking off in shame. Now, is it a black and white photo? Maybe. Is it the worst photo of all time? Mm. Is that on purpose? Or do you like what you're seeing out of Mac Jones? Is he not able to get past the uh, things in the past and move on? Yeah. What's just going on? No, he's not Ryan Tannehill, but I am pumped oh, for Mac. Mac Jones to, you know, Jesus. look at that every single day and say, you know what, we're not worried about anything except for one team, and that's Buffalo. That's why, you know, some of these other teams in the division, not calling out Miami or New York, but they want to beat the Patriots so bad. It's like, what are we talking about? Just because we won the last 20 years doesn't mean anything for this upcoming year. You got to beat the big bad wolf that's Buffalo now, and it used to be us. That was a good time. But Mac understands, no. It's the Bills. We're not thinking about any other, you know, teams, any other division. We're thinking about beating the Bills. When we play the Bills, what? twice in one month. So it's very important that he remembers what that taste of defeat feels like. Follow up, Mac Jones killing it in 7-on-7, seven seven, right? Yeah, he's ripping up 7-on-7, seven seven, walking down the field with the uh, offense. And if you look at a lot of the offense from Hoyer and from Zappi, yeah. it's a lot of the quarterback mm -hmm. making throws Making people open. Yeah, exactly. A lot of times where it's like guys are covered, but it's those back th shoulder throws that like Devontae and Aaron were you know, so good at. And I'm not saying there's anybody on the Patriots that are at that level, but that's kind of the style that they're looking for. A lot right. on the shoulders of Mac Jones. Yeah, know? exactly. Not guys you're throwing them open more so than them actually having separation is oh, you know yeah. putting the ball. Where if you have a guy play. that can throw darts though, yeah, and you can protect them, which is what they can't do, right? That's yeah, exactly. The thing. That's been the trouble is the offensive line. But if they can keep him up. Bill Belichick, you think what Bill Belichick is thinking is we got a guy that we can make people open yeah. if we have to. His biggest strength more than anything, aside from being you know very smart, and it was probably his accuracy. Like he can put the ball basically wherever. And you know, Collinsworth said last year he throws the ball so soft it's like catching a pillow. Think about that. Well, That's DBs nice. think the same thing. That's true. Uh, other news around the world of football: Jack Collinsworth and Jason Garrett will be calling. Primetime Notre Dame games this season. Let's Congrats to those yeah. boys. Yes. Jason Garrett goes from clapping and smiling on Cowboys sideline to clapping and smiling while losing on Giants sideline. Uh -huh. Straight into football night in America on Sunday, the biggest show in all of football. Yep. And also on Saturdays, he'll be calling the games alongside Chris Collinsworth's son, Jack Collinsworth. I assume that these two have worked together in the past or have been working together sure. and kind of build up chemistry. Should go great. Should be fantastic for the national games every single week. Can Congrats to both of these fun. Yeah, nothing like going Tariko and Drew Brees to those two. That'll be yeah, I like, can't yeah, imagine exactly. Notre Dame's too juiced. What are you I mean, no, about? like no offense to them, but like Tony said, you go from fucking Tariko and Drew Brees to Jack Collinsworth and Jason Garrett. Notre Dame might join a conference because of this. 
just Why? sell that other networks and call their games. I would like to let everybody know that the opinions of others do not reflect that of their employer no. or their coworkers oh, on no. this particular show. Bring back Tom Hammond and Doug Flutie. Exactly. Sweet. Jack and Jay? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Geniuses. Jack and Jay has actually got a pretty good ring. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm Come actually going to erase everything I just said. I'm Jack back. and Jay. If they refer to it as the booth as Jack and Jay. Welcome back. It's I'm Jack back. and Jay. Yeah. Okay, day. now we're yeah. talking. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I reacted too quickly. That yeah, you guys are just, yeah, you guys are overreacting to this. Jack, yeah. How do we know if Jack Collinsworth isn't the next fucking Tarico unless he gets an opportunity to be the next Tarico? He might name be. Mike Tarico? But his name's then Jack Collinsworth. Come on. Fucking Tarico. You, don't you know, know how good Tarico is. Tariko is super smooth, but at one point, Tariko had to get an opportunity to do a game that actually mattered. That's fair. Drew Brees did a couple games that mattered, and they kicked him off TV. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. That happened mm -hmm. last year. It did. Drew did not deserve that. No, I just seen not. his ass on the World Pickleball League. Mm -hmm. Okay, He was holding up a jersey. He owns a Pretty team good. over there. They kicked him off a of TV. He called a couple games that mattered. So now Jack and Jay are getting an opportunity to call very important games every single week, and you never know if you don't know. And now they're going to find out if they know or not. Yeah, and Jack and Jay sounds like the next Happy Madison Adam Sandler movie, like the documentary with Kevin James about Sean Payton with like Rob Schneider and some other guy about their road to you know calling games in the booth for NBC. Exactly. Jack and Jay are uh -huh. about to become you know pillars of Saturday yeah, Night yeah. Football. The Name's on the marquee. Yes. Congrats to Jack and Jay. Congrats to Jack, Jack and Jay. Quick follow up. That's a lot of travel. Those dudes are going to be exhausted by the end of the year. Yeah, definitely. Notre Dame games on Saturday, right? Primetime every week? Sometimes. Yeah. Well, not every week. 3.30, so you got to travel to that game. Then they got Football Night in America on Sunday. It's a late finish. Mm -hmm. And then they do the wrap-up over there. Jack does right on the field with Ronnie. You know? yeah. mm -hmm. That's, I guess it's four or five days. And then you just chill in the other two, I guess. Yeah, Monday, Wednesday. Excited to see old Clapper, the, uh, old Clapper on a Sunday Night Football. Fucking he was good, I thought, he was. when he did the Hall of Fame game. He, I mean, hey, he needs you to fill a fucking hour. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we got a little storm coming through here brewing, so... Our kickoff event with new, what, director, new producer, because mm -hmm. uh, yeah. they won't without Michaels, right, right. to Amazon. Yep. New talent, new yeah. host, new everything. And now you got to fill for at least an hour and 10 minutes uh, about a Hall of Fame class that nobody really knows anybody. Yeah. And you're at a high school field Which, with, uh, what's that? Dion wasn't too happy about that. Oh, so, yeah, I heard about Dion Sanders talking about that. And I don't think this is the first time Dion's talked about it, Probably but it not. is the best promo he has cut about it. Yeah. There's been a lot of conversation about the Hall of Good as opposed to the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. And it's, I don't know if it's necessarily from pundits or from players or from Hall of Famers, but I think this chatter has started to happen a little bit over the last few years from players saying, does that person deserve to be in there? Does that person deserve to be in there? Wait, I played against that person. That person's not in, uh, but this person isn't. I mean, that has started to happen amongst Hall of Famers. And Deion Sanders caught a promo like – yeah. He said, my bus is in there at night looking and go, how did he get in here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is awesome. These Hall of Famers, by the way, these guys make the Hall of Fame, and they're so happy like Dreams. to be – well, we're part of the elite of the elite. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then they wake up one morning and Deion Sanders is sitting in his office going, my bust is disgusting. <laughs> mm -hmm. What do they call it? They call it but he said, my head. My yeah. head. My head is looking over there being disgusted. How did he get in here? What a promo by Dion. And Dion, by the way, 
can do it. Dion can say whatever the fuck he yep. wants yeah. forever. And I don't know if everybody understands that because some people on the internet go, oh, here's Dion grandstanding, blah, blah, blah. It's like, eh, motherfucker hit a dinger in the fucking World Series. Yeah, he, <laughs> he uh, returned that he can do yeah. and say whatever he wants. But I like the fact that he said, my jacket needs to be a different color mm-hmm. then. There needs to be a separation of this whole thing because the Hall of Fame is supposed to be a celebration of the sport, celebration of the league, who has contributions to the league that deserves to be remembered forever and memorialized forever. And there's been a couple of people that have got in that have pissed a lot of people off. And the Hall of Fame's got to be happy that's pissed people off because people hold the Hall of Fame in such high mm-hmm. regard. But now that Dion, I believe Ray, there's some other guys that are like, mm-hmm. we got to get a little bit more picky. What if they do create their own wing of like, all right, here's stalwarts. Here's these people. Here's these contributions to the game. Don't want to forget this guy. But here's the actual guys. And how will that change the entire voting process? I can't wait to watch it unfold. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, because Dion's just going to continually be, you know, not impressed or not happy because he's, what, one of the 10 greatest guys ever. So it's like... Athletes of all time. Yeah, exactly. Like, his his scale is obviously much different than, you know, a lot of other guys. Joining us now is a man who might have uh, at least an opinion or two on this entire topic. He was a nine-year NFL vet, played corner, nickel, and safety. A man who'll be joining us all season. Can't wait for that. That should go. be a blast. Friend of the show, host of the Man to Man podcast, ladies and gentlemen, Darius Butler. Hey, fellas, fellas, fellas. How are the Marlins doing? They suck, I assume? Stink. Yeah. What, 50 and, actually, I saw it on the, on the background of your show. 50 and 65 right now, I think. Yeah, boom, there right it there. is, actually. 50 and 65. Jeter's out of there. So, um, I'm playing Padres yeah. there. Uh, good luck. Yep. Well, actually, Padres lost that guy who was juicing. Yeah, Tatis. Yeah. Tatis. He was eating Come steroids. Come on, Tatis. And then he came out and lied, right, about what happened. Yeah, and kind of. And then the Marlon's teammates were better. Ringworm. Ringworm treatment. Well, you can't be wrestling on those mats from high no, school. That's right. Come on. You can't be getting ringworm. Uh, the color looks awesome, though. So great hat. Happy you're putting on for them. Uh, we were just chit-chatting about the levels to this shit type conversation <laughs> that Deion Sanders was having. How great of a promo was that? And do you think if enough guys start chatting, they will change some things up a little bit? Uh, I mean, it's, it's tough to change it up. And it is a small number of guys that have gone in. But if anybody... Um, you know, can talk this shit on the subject, it, it, it's obviously prime. You know, he's put that work in. And I wonder if, I'm sure amongst each other, they look at each other different, you know, if you're first ballot or if you have different distinctions. But um, some, 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 somebody going in is pissing him off. But he, he's been on this hill for some years now. I want to say at least three, four years I've been hearing him talk this way. Um, I got a chance, the, the fortune to, to get uh, to know prime coming out of college. I actually trained with him uh, to get ready for the combine. So spent a ton of time with him in Dallas. And uh, he obviously takes great, great pride in, um, you know, what he did athletically and what the other guys have done athletically that have entered Canton. So he doesn't want it to be watered down. So I get him. I get where he's coming from. I'm, I'm interested to know, uh, you know, what type of guys or what guys specifically yeah. that he's speaking on, though. Yeah, I fear that this conversation really grew louder when Ray Guy got voted in. Punter you know? <laughs> uh, got voted in. It got real loud. You know, got real, real loud in. You know, Ray Guy changed the game, trailblazer at one position. He's the only punter that's uh, ever gone in. And it feels like after that happened, you know, guys started getting So what, what, did, what did Ray Guy do? That was um, – and this is a real question. I don't know. Like, why, why was he uh, – how did he change the game? I think he was the first guy that started punting, like, spirals on a very consistent basis. And he had a massive okay. leg. So he was like – he became like a – 
He was cons- the most consistent, and he had a massive. So he started becoming like an actual game changer. And he was an athlete, you know? So, like, there's numerous, like, big-time one-handed grabs. And he wasn't just your stereotypical punter. And he had a massive leg and would flip field position for the Raiders. Okay. So I think, Shit. like. He I deserves think, it, then. I think so, too. Like, he was a trailblazer at his position. So, like, I think that is something that's warranted. But it did get real loud after he went in on, like, not only from the players, but a lot of media pundits that were like, hey, yeah. who deserves to go in there? And everything's comparison, too, right? Like, AJ says this. AJ goes, yeah, I'm considered a rich person, but you put me next to a billionaire, like, they literally piss on me. Like, my money. Oh, it's all relative, yeah. These Hall of Famers, they hang out with their friends back at home. They're a Hall of Famer. Then they go to Hall of Fame parties, and it's like, Dion and them are like, oh, this guy fucking stinks. How's yeah. this guy even? <laughs> how's this guy even a lot here? It's a... It's a fascinating world. All right, let's bounce around and see who the next Hall of Famer is going to be. Lamar has set the deadline for week one uh, to, for his contract extension. We talked to Ian Rappaport in the last hour. He said that the Ravens, he believes, are certainly willing to pay him more money than Kyler. The Internet's reaction to Ian saying that was no shit. Uh, <laughs> he said there's no way, though, that they beat Deshaun Watson's guaranteed deal because Deshaun Watson had more leverage than Lamar Jackson currently has. Deshaun, yeah. Deshaun had the entire NFL. There's three teams, four teams that were bidding for him, so the numbers got run up. Lamar can only negotiate with one team. How do you see this going, and do you think it's inevitable for Lamar to be a Raven forever? Darius Butler. Yeah, I mean, I think they got to do everything they can to keep him in the building. And uh, obviously, he's 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 such a – I mean, he almost does things, you know, too much, you know, the right way. You know, he's showing up for things, uh, you know, not making it, I guess, messy on their end. But yeah. this is who Lamar is. And uh, this is obviously what football – and, uh, you know, the Ravens mean to him, him showing up and knowing all this money that's been given out to these quarterbacks, and he's more than earned it. So I think I said it, I think the last time I was on here talking about it, you give him a four-year, $200 million, fully guaranteed deal, and, uh, you know, he's, he's breaking the averages. He's leading the league in averages 50 a year. You know, he's not guaranteed up until 230, but he's still over Kyler and he's still all guaranteed, and he's back at the table probably before he's 30 again. So I think you make everybody happy and you handle it before. Uh, before this season kicks off. And also, it's an easy contract to read through. This is, easy. Hey, four years, 200. All right, here's all mm-hmm. the standard bullshit that we're going to talk about. If we fire mm-hmm. you, you cannot bury us, okay? We will still pay, uh, pay you. That is in every single contract. You can't do this. You can't do this. We're paying you four years, 200 million. Now, the NFL lawyers will lawyer the fuck out of that thing. But if he's representing himself, probably has a lawyer that he'll call yep. to read through it and all that. That's an easy contract to get done. Hey, that's an easy deal to get done. Let's go ahead and keep it moving. How you doing? $200 million? You think they're ready to put that in escrow, though, right? That's what it would yeah, have to be? Yeah. Mm-hmm. $200 million bucks. Sure, they should. I mean, you look around the league at their quarterback position, so even watching the preseason games, it's half the teams who need a, a, a guy. Oh, you yeah. have one of, you know, guys. I mean, he's, he's shown us already. Unanimous MVP. Um, he can go in. Has he done everything that everybody wants? Has he had the Patrick Mahomes start? No, absolutely not. And it's uh, a bunch of room. Uh, for growth, but that goes for, you know, every quarterback damn near that's in the league outside of probably three or four of them. So uh, I think you invest that money, uh, not only for that team, but kind of who he is and what he's been uh, in that community just all around. You know, I I see clips from practice and, you know, how the kids interact with him and just just every Baltimore needs um, a Lamar Jackson to be the face of that franchise uh, going forward. Uh, Historically, they've been you know, led by defensive guys, the Ray Lewis is the Air Reese, um, you know, Suggs of the worlds. So now you have Lamar Jackson leading him to this this next charge. And I think he can get him to a Super Bowl. I think so too. I'm a big fan of Lamar. He put on eighteen pounds. Does that scare you or help him? 
You know what? I, I'm sure he put it on the right way, and, and I doubt he'll lose any speed. But I mean, shit, he he was he was already special. If he feels like he needs to bulk up, maybe to protect himself, you know, as you start to get more and more hits as the season goes on, uh, I'm sure he made this decision. But uh, he, he was he was just fine how he was. But 18 pounds of muscle, I don't I don't think that can hurt. I agree. I enjoy it. If he thinks he's still going to be able to outrun everybody, which, by the way, Lamar has a better feel on that than all of us. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. that's something that he would know better than anybody else. He gets a little bit bigger. I don't want him taking more shots. Though. No. Like, he should not feel more comfortable taking shots because he has an incredible ability of missing those. Yeah. Was, you know what I mean? That's what we're it's, it's hard. It's hard to get a, a, a good lick on him. I mean, you know, as you, you go into the season, as the season goes on, you know, most people don't end the season weight-wise as, you know, what they started. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, Greg Roman at offense, they continue to uh, allow him to develop as a passer because the offense, the type of offense that they have, once it really gets to nut-cutting time, it is a simplified offense that you can lock in and take away a lot of the things that they like to do. And now you're in a position where you're going to have to drive down a two-minute situation. You're going to have to air the ball out you know, maybe for the whole second half of the fourth quarter. And that offense isn't built um, scheme-wise and even personnel-wise to do that. So they need to continue to help him in that department and let him grow and evolve as a player, as a passer, because that, that you're going to have to do that in this league regardless of who you are. You're going to have to pass the ball to win ga big-time games. So I think they need to help him, uh, kind of help himself in that, in that uh, department. Darius, we talk about this, how – We'll see somebody do something, and we're like, yeah, that might win some games. But at some point, when a big game happens, there's going to have to be like a 22-yard at that you're going to have to hit. And you know what I mean? Like, that's real, yeah. though. Don't you think like an NFL quarterback – we're talking about Trey Lance, I think, because we're watching Trey Lance do all this shit, and it looks unbelievable. And Shanahan's talking about him. The team's talking about him. They're going to be patient with him. He's got growth. His upside is forever yeah. away. I think his ceiling is still forever away because of how young he is. But it's all going to come down. There's going to be a moment where he's going to have to make a fucking throw, and whether he makes it or he doesn't is going to be how he's judged all off season, right? Don't you think that is kind of how it goes? And whenever yeah. it gets to like nut cutting time, you're talking about all these things that are chatted about about having having to make a throw, having to make a throw. We're not talking about during the regular season. Like, there's going to come a time if you want to get to where you want to go, where the quarterback's going to have to fucking deliver. And I think you know if you got a guy or you don't know if you got a guy. Not until that moment comes, D. But don't yeah, you, don't you think? I mean, absolutely. Uh, we have a D coordinator. Uh... Greg Minussi, and he'll tell us that Saturdays before the game, hey, this game is going to come down to a two-minute drive, and, and most NFL games do. Um, it's not that often where you see teams, you know, running a four-minute drill. You may see one, maybe two every Sunday, but most of the times your defense either got to get out there and make a stop or your offense got to push the ball down there and put points, you know, whether it be a field goal um, or a touchdown. And, and a lot of times that happens before the half, too, and people kind of forget about it because before the half, but that's what Brady has historically done so great is right before the half he's always going to put up three or or another touchdown and get that ball back to start the second half but you're going to need that uh am i frozen you guys are? <laughs> no he's just smiling oh <laughs> what in the <laughs> i was trying to freeze the long side <laughs> yeah good oh, there it is are you back or not uh, yeah. 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 yeah 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 sure yeah, yeah. I, I don't believe you guys <laughs> i don't believe you uh huh. Hold it in a poop. We'll call you back. We'll call you back. Yeah, it's that's what we're talking about though. Whenever we talk about some of these young quarterbacks and whether or not we have high optimism for them, 
it's hard not to be like, yeah, that guy's athletic enough. They'll win some games. Mm-hmm. They'll win games with them. But when it gets to the playoffs, when everybody knows exactly what you're, this mm-hmm. is the Kyler Murray conversation. Yeah. This is the Kyler. This is exactly the Kyler Murray conversation. Whenever it becomes the most important time of the year, when everybody knows exactly what you're going to do, can you make the play or can you not make the play? And I guess in Kyler Murray's situation, do you know what the fuck the other team is doing? Like everybody else is joining us again, Darius Butler. We're talking. You were uh, you were giving us. Hey, welcome back. Great hey, to have you. There he is. It was on both of us. But like I think the conversation came up around Kyler. Because like at the end of the season, his stats, his everything kind of goes down. When the defense knows exactly what you're going to do, can you make a play? Can you make a throw? Yeah. And I think that's the only thing that people still question about Lamar, right? Is, is, and is that warranted, you think, or not? It's, it's warranted because, I mean, you are what you put on film. And, and like I said, it's not only Lamar, but it's – just as much as the system and the guys you have around you. Yes. I don't care who you have at quarterback. You got to have guys that can get open and make plays. You look at Brady when he went to Tampa, one of the best receiver cores in the league. Same thing in L.A. Uh, with the Rams and Stafford. Same thing with the Bengals who, who were playing against him in the Super Bowl. Like Chiefs, you got, too. You, who's that? Chiefs. Chiefs got a bunch T- of Yeah, you got you, like these, these weapons. Like that's how, you, that's how the game – is ref. That's how the rules are. It's everything is to help the passing game. So that's what you're gonna um, need to win in this game. And like you mentioned earlier, towards the end of the year, the book is kind of out. Like everybody knows, you know what you do, what you do well, what you don't do well. You just have to execute. It's all about executing. It's all about winning these different one-on-one matchups. And, it, and, and for, as far as Kyler, when I watch him play, special, special talent. But at quarterback, it's about the other guys being on the same page with you as well. So it's not just about what you – like, you were a punter. I was a corner. I could just go out there and just lock in. All right, as long as I get my study in, as long as I do these things and I'm ready to play and make plays when my time comes, I'm good. As a quarterback, you have to go further than that and make sure everybody else is on the same page as well. So that's where Kyler obviously can mature and grow. And then as far as Lamar, I feel like that system and the personnel around him needs to help him uh, kind of show that he can you know, throw the ball all around the field and make plays when needed. We're all pumped to watch Lamar continue to evolve. He has been a lightning rod for the league, and I hope he gets all the money he deserves, man. Good luck out there. Now, let's talk about you know taking command almost and leadership is what you're talking about at the quarterback position. Matt Ryan. Hey, hey. <laughs> Matt Ryan and, and the Colts took on the Bills, and the goods, the defense got five picks. The bads... <laughs> Playing against twos and threes, Matt and, Ryan, Matt and the boys didn't score a lot of points. You know, there's a lot of that going yeah. on. What are your thoughts early on the Colts team that we played for before the boys get their questions in for you? And, uh, I mean, no yeah. Jonathan Taylor, right? No Jonathan Taylor. It's yeah. different. We don't got an MVP in the backfield, right? No, I mean, no JT. It is preseason, you know, so obviously you don't want to, you know, overreact. But we are watching it for a reason. It's like we're getting a, a good glimpse of uh, practice, practice reps. And uh, like you said, it was our ones against their twos. Um, and in the league, you just you got to beat one on one. You got to beat press coverage. That's what most receivers struggle with coming into the league. And we got a young group. We got Pierce. We got Pittman. We got Paris oh, Campbell, who's no. missed a bunch of time. We're going to depend a lot of, and not only them, the tight end room. We got some young tight ends. Mo Ali's still kind of learning football. We got a young rookie. Oh, so all those pass catchers are going to have to develop yeah. fast yeah, and on the fly because you got a you know thirty seven year old quarterback who's going to be you know in the pocket and when he gets back to that fifth. To that seven stop, drop, he's going to need you in your spots making plays. It's not, I know people, oh, throwing you open and all this stuff. Like, oh, you got to get open, you got to win, right. and then you got to catch the ball. And we didn't do a good job of that. 
but it's early mm. it's preseason. we got time and uh thankfully we got another month before uh you know we kick off the real thing we got nothing but time matt ryan's holding everybody account yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. yeah. Uh, we got nothing but time that was a tough watch they got nothing but time, <laughs> got nothing but time. Was I, I saw you try to calm everybody down I probably was talking to yourself yes with that tweet <laughs> because you know it's the first, you know, we've, everybody's been hearing about, you know, Matt Ryan and his leadership, and I've been watching some of the mic'd up stuff and just hearing him talking and putting the guys to the side and that's coaching sweet. guys up, and that's what you need at that position. Yeah. That, that yeah. matters. Uh, but obviously, you got to win. You got to get open. You got to make catches, and that's something you got to you got to learn. You got to go out there and get jammed up. Elam jammed, pierce up, made a play, Uh-oh. and I'm sure Reggie's been talking to him about that. Hey, when we get out there on Sunday, it's going to be a little different. So now they got a little taste of it. Hopefully, uh, you know, continue to improve it and learn from it. Well, Gus Bradley's defense looked good. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, they're flying around. Hey, do you think? You, do you think like Shaquille Leonard's watching this, going, "I can't wait to get in there" because he doesn't know Gus, right? He doesn't know Gus. He doesn't know this system, and he hasn't been able to play yet. And there's no timeline, no timetable. But I assume Gus at night is thinking like. Our team, our defense is flying around. We also got Shaq coming back. He's yeah, gonna, yeah, right. That's not ever forgotten, right? Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, and, and, and you know, Shaq Leonard, uh, he he's a he's he's a great he has a great feel for the game. You know, he gets out there, he's gonna make splash, but he's going to get a turnover every Sunday, damn near it seems. And now uh, another guy like that, a young guy, Isaiah Rogers, oh. like thirty four, young kid. You know, Dominique Rogers, Cromarty cousin. And every time I, I see 34 on the field, somehow, some way, he ends up with the ball in his hand. So we got to find a way to get um, him on the field um, somehow, some way, because those splash plays, those turnovers make all the difference in the world um, when it comes to winning big ball games. So I'm definitely excited about this defense. Uh, Yannick coming off the edge, another uh, new piece of this defense. So I'm, I'm excited about uh, where we're going. We got time. We, we got, got time. time. We got time. We got time. I'm relaxed. Time. Not going to overreact. Well, but uh, you know, we, we need we need more out of those uh, pass catchers on offense. I had a terrible time watching that game. <laughs> <laughs> I was very excited. Was we got rough. time. I had, I had a terrible time, but we we got, got time. time. Who had to pick in the end zone on a two point play in the corner, one handed? Was that Isaiah? Oh, I missed that. No, nah, he had a Isaiah picked off like a back shoulder and he scooped up a fumble. Some, uh, some you no, know, I think um, McLeod had a tip pick. Cross, man, Nick Cross too, rookie. Out of Maryland, 20, he's a ball player, too. Somebody had a one-handed on a two-point. It didn't count because it's two-point conversion. It doesn't mm-hmm. count as an actual pick, but it was a great play. Uh, you know, a lot to be excited about. Uh, the boys have some questions for you. Darius Butler, go ahead, Connor. Yeah, D, but you just mentioned uh, the cross rookie out of the Colts. Is it easier to tell with, like, rookies on how they're going to kind of uh, adapt to the NFL game in preseason, or is that just another thing where you can't really tell until they're going up against the ones? Uh, mm, you you could tell. Uh, so preseason obviously is very simple from a play calling standpoint. So if you're you know even if you can watch the second half of a preseason game and you can kind of tell how well these guys are being coached based off how they're moving, oh. are they running to the ball? You know, are they tackling with leverage? Are they communicating pre snap? And it looks like Cross are doing he's doing all those things, and that's something else you look for from the young guys. Are they doing those things because? You know, you get drafted, you get signed, whatever it is, because you have the talent. So the talent is undeniable. Everybody out there is talented. But how, like, what's going on between your ears pre-snap? And uh, seeing it from, uh, from Cross, it, it seems like he has everything together up top, and we know he has the physical tools. And then he's around other good players. You're around Stephon Gilmore. You're around Kenny Moore. Uh, you're around guys who played a lot of ball. McLeod's played a lot of ball. Obviously, Shaq Leonard, when he gets in there. And Gus Bradley, that's called defense for a long time. Long so time. I long think time. the sky's the limit for him. Um, whenever you talk about rallying to the ball, 
I think that's what I saw about the Patriots defense. There was like 10 in the frame every single tackle. Yeah. Ten, it was like 10 or 11 in the frame every single tackle. It was like, okay, so they're going to be fine. You know? Yeah. Like, that's literally what I thought. As soon as I watched them, I'm like, okay, the Patriots are going to be just fine. What do you think about the whole, how it's all kind of unrolling up there? Uh, Bill Belichick ain't giving media shit. Matt Patricia says, Bill Belichick's the boss. Joe Judge says, Bill Belichick's the boss. <laughs> Ian Rappaport says, they're still figuring things out. What do you think about what's going on up there? The narrative is that they stink. I didn't see that at all in the first game and Mac Jones seems to be very comfortable on the sideline up there yeah on the sideline you know they didn't feel uh you know uncomfortable enough for him to get out there and get reps so I think I think they'll be fine and obviously I'm gonna trust Bill Belichick's the boss I'm gonna trust him um until proven otherwise so I think they'll be fine um I is it like an offensive coordinator battle in camp I, I don't know that's interesting though as a quarterback if you're going back and forth from guys in your ear calling plays that's wild but uh, I think Matty P, if, if Bill Belichick is trusting Matty P to call plays, then I got to trust it too at this point. Now we get to week eight, week nine, and they absolutely stink. <laughs> now we got to start talking about, you know, maybe it's time for, for Bill to do something else. But uh, uh, Lombo, right now, we all good. I, I trust Bill. Lombo had a great tweet. Uh, Michael Lombardi said it was very obvious that when Hoyer was in, Matt Patricia was in his ear. Whenever Zappi was in, Joe Judge was in his ear. Not complicated. When Mac plays, I'm sure it'll be something else. What's that mean? So, Mm. but Michael Lombardi, who knows the NFL very well, I believe his son is coaching for the Raiders now, but he was with the Patriots for like two decades, that Lombardi family, Mm rewatching the Patriots game, and it was rather clear that when Hoyer was in the game, Patricia was calling the plays. When Zapper played it was judge <laughs> not complicated when mac plays i'm sure it'll be something else what does that mean d but if you had to break down what the wonderful lombardi just tweeted no no clue no yeah. clue but it, it seems like the guy with the pencil on his ear is going to be the, the guy i think maddie p is going to be calling it um and they do obviously everybody knows they do a lot of cross training in new england uh you had nick nick casario on here uh gm out of houston he talked about all the different things the different hats that he wore over there in new england so i think they'll be more than ready and mac jones Oh. He, he's a smart kid, you know, He and at this point in the game, going to see your second year, a lot of things should slow down for you. You should have more of a dialogue and more of an input on the game plan that's going in week in and week out. So once again, I think they'll be fine. Uh, it's Bill Belichick running the show. So I, I'm, I'm not worried about you can't really put Bill, Bill's not going to give you shit. Nobody in the organization going to give you anything. So we really won't know until the real game start to be played in uh, September. And Bill's figuring it out. Yeah. Once again, Bill will figure it out. Mm-hmm. So all these people taking victory laps mm-hmm. right now just need to understand that when they lay their little heads on a fucking pillow at night, Bill Belichick isn't. He's wide awake. <laughs> He's still trying to figure it out. I mean, that is – I just I, – I was on Get Up there for a bit, mm-hmm. you know, on ESPN. And they were asking me about the Patriots, and everybody in the room, producers included, are like, showing signs of weakness, aren't they? I'm like, I'm not saying that on TV. <laughs> yeah, no I, way. I'm, there's, I'm not. Are you? You're going to go say Bill Belichick's not going to figure it out? Okay, good luck. Orlovsky comes walking out. They lost it up there. <laughs> you know, like he goes out, everybody's doing it. It feels like that is the, the thing right now. Like, get ahead of it. This is their dying year. You want to look like a genius in November, December when the Patriots are out of contention. Like, now you jump on it. And I'm thinking the complete opposite. Like, Bill is just reading all of this. And he's like, every one of them can go fuck themselves. Mm -hmm. Like, I view – I'm just – I'm scared to say anything negative about Bill just because Bill's going to figure it out. I mean, that's that's a safe bet to make at at this point in our lives. The entire time we've been growing up, he's figured it out. He's had it figured out. So – 
uh, I got to bet on. And it's not like, you know, they're trotting out some bums out there. Like, they got good players on, on offense, yes. on defense. And Matty P hasn't been an offensive guy in the league. Judge hasn't been an offensive guy in the league. But they've been around great coaches. They've been head coach. They have head coaching experience. Um, so I'm going to trust them at this point. So if I look stupid in November, December, because I trusted Bill and, and staff to figure it out, Hey, I, 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 I'll down that here. I'm cool with that. Here, here. Me too. Yeah. Tell Kofi <laughs> Kingston that, you fucking asshole. Hey, Kofi, I'm on your side here. Not everybody else. Go ahead, Diggs. D-Butt, there was Montana to Rice. There was Aikman to Irvin. There was Brady to Gronk. There was 7 to 84. There's Peyton to Marv. Peyton sure. to Reg. Yeah. Maybe. Raj to Jordan. Uh, Montana. Well, those aren't a thing. Uh, Raj to Devontae. Yeah. That wasn't a thing. Giant. What about uh, Pickett to Pickens, okay? Hey, the kid. The kid looked comfortable. He looked. It's, it's, you know, it's the second half preseason game. Too early to get beside <laughs> ourselves. But um, I like Mitch. I, I think they should just name him the starter. I think he's their best option. Even Mason looked good, honestly. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, Mason looked yeah. good. Watch the tape. Dude. Almost fumbled But <laughs> but I like Mitch, man. I like. I think you give Mitch that opportunity. But Pickett looked good, man. He's obviously comfortable. That's where he's been. That's where he played his college ball. He's he's a Pittsburgh guy through and through. And Pickett, I mean George. Still has never missed on wide receiver draft pick. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he he looks like everything he's been built up to be. Uh, AB, uh, Antoine Bethea, obviously my co-host in the Man and Man pod, he actually said he thinks they should go with Pickett. They should just go with the young kid out of the gate. And he's usually with the sit and wait until they're ready. Um, I, don't think, I don't think you go with him out of the gate. I think we go with Mitch. But uh, Pickens look good, man. You got to be happy with that uh, with that first round pick as of right now. Mark Caboli, who's beat writer for the Pittsburgh Steelers, on your side, he said you can rubber stamp Mitchell Trubisky being a starter. That's right. You can basically rubber stamp it. He said, and then he took a Rudy sub out of his cargo shorts <laughs> from four hours before that and ate that entire thing. But I think everybody's kind of just understanding that Trubisky's going to start, and then Pickett's yeah. going to come in at some point. But there couldn't have been a better start for that fucking dude than what happened in preseason game one in Acrisure Stadium. And I want to go back to the last play, the game-winning throw. Ten seconds left on the clock. Mm -hmm. Pickett goes through his reads, <laughs> throws to that guy. Seattle corner thinks he's making the team because he's shooting on the outside shoulder of the wide receiver. Keep him inbounds. Clock keep running. This game's over almost if he makes that play. Instead, guy turns. I don't even know if that wide receiver had any idea what he was doing. I, I don't know <laughs> if he knew that there was 10 seconds left or anything. He turns inside. Game-winning touchdown. What That could have that could have went very bad. Like, decision-making, <laughs> that could have went very bad. Instead, it goes great. It's almost like the Yinzer gods are breathing yeah. down on him. But Thank you, Marco. What a game one for that guy. And what a touchdown by Pickens. Steelers got to be excited. The Pickens doing that block. Uh, to that corner, like now Man. every corner knows going forward, right? That he's going to do that. Isn't that a thing? You think? Yeah, that, that's a, that's a tough spot. I think like every most corners have gotten got like that because obviously you're you're a pass defender first, so every you know you kind of everything's backwards. You can't be on your heels, and receivers, especially good blocking receivers, you know they know when to catch you slipping. I've seen it. Somebody showed me he did it in college he too, but obviously he's a strong kid. Uh, but that corner, hopefully he's learned his lesson. That was early on. God and put him right on his ass. But, you know, I feel like a lot of us has gotten got like that. Do you think going forward, though, that ain't, like Pickens is going to be in for it now every single play, right? That's uh, This is going to happen every – like – Nah, nah. I mean, I, I think he's going to be a, 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 a play, like a good a good fucking player, a good obviously. But I think he's going to be a good player. But, nah, I don't, the, the whole blocking thing, I think probably as he go, as he matures in his 
uh, football career. You know, he's still going to block to the whistle, but nobody's going to be coming at his neck like, oh, this guy, you know, he blocked hard. I'm going to try to do this or do that. Like, nah, he, he's trying to get open and catch passes. That's what you get paid to do in the National Football League. And then as games go on, receivers and DBs, it's kind of like, you know, we block, we go through the motions sometimes. And you got a few guys who, but he'll learn. He'll, he'll be all right. <laughs> hey, hey, neither of us are making a play on this one. Neither, <laughs> yeah, 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 neither of us are making a play. I had a couple of those uh, on kickoffs. A couple of those guys come running up to me. Hey, man, I'm being told to block you. I'm like, all right, no problems, no problems, no problems, no problems. <laughs> and then the one guy, yeah, Dressler against the Broncos. Yep. I hit him with a fucking spin move. and Because he, <laughs> he even gave me like the, hey, I got you, I got you. And I'm like, hey, dude, this guy. This guy's going to a fucking touchdown. Yeah. I'm so sorry. So I kind of felt like, <laughs> I, I feel like I kind of fucked up the brother-in-law relationship there with him. And on film, it showed up, obviously. But I do appreciate that type of thing. Like, hey, neither of us are making a play. I'm doing what I'm being told to do. You're doing what you're being told to do. Let's just go ahead and get to the next play. That happens in the NFL. There has to be that respect. You see a lot, a lot of fights happening, D-Butt. You like that or don't like that going into this season? Is uh, you know, you. I, I don't like. You know, when anytime you punch in a helmet, I, I don't like to see my good players doing that. If it's a little scuffle, you know, a little little back and forth, that's cool. That always happens when the pad goes on. But uh, when the pads go on, but it, it can't be something that, that gets out of control. It can't be something where guys are actually getting hurt, especially our own guys. Now, you do a joint practice, it's bound to happen every time. Like, and it's most likely going to happen during the special teams period. Um, but, you know, I, I don't. As long as it's a cap put on it, I'm good. But, um, you know, I'm always – I would always want to have to, you know, tell a guy to, hey, chill out a little bit than trying to get him riled up. So I, I don't mind the training camp fights. I would always don't try break to, your hand. I would always try to show my face in those if they were near me. Yeah. But I'm oh, just, you got to. Yeah. You got to. Have to have, put the helmet on, show my face. <laughs> I'll like, maybe push somebody from the side. But I'll tell you what, there's some people that get in there and they, they feel like they're going to knock somebody out, I think. And to your point, it's like, well, are we punching helmet? Like – there are scientists trying to make these helmets better yeah. every single day. I don't know if your blank-ass right fist is going to get through don't there. Do it. They're putting don't them in car it. crashes at the moment, but I like the intensity. It means football is back. Mm -hmm. Last question oh, here yeah. for D-Buck. Go ahead, Ty. And it, wait, there's a couple rules, too, with the football fights. Now, obviously, we mentioned the helmets. You always put either have your helmet on or put your helmet on. Always. Uh, when you go in there, you're grabbing a guy. Don't grab your own guy. Grab somebody of the other jersey because yeah. obviously if you're in a scuff and somebody's pulling you off, you don't know who it is. So grab another guy in the jersey. And you always got to get in the, in the fray. You know, if one of your guys in there, you got to get in there because they keep those cameras rolling. Uh -huh. so everything's evaluated. So if you're over there on the – you know, you're, you're, you're soft ass. We all, we all know that now. So you got to get in there and at least show your face. I think there was an offensive lineman that actually – uh, I'll say it happened on another team, I'm sure. A friend of mine told me about <laughs> a fight happened. Only one offensive lineman was not in the thing. Said offensive lineman was not around literally yeah. the next day. Yeah. yeah. All right. Hey, see you later, pal. Oh, we already learned enough about you. Mm -hmm. We don't even need Facts. to see. We don't even need to see anything about it. Uh, it's good to see those types of things. So football's back. Yeah, Go ahead, Ty. Debo, you've said many times that in today's NFL, you need at least six or seven guys in the secondary. Um, when you look at some of these games, like the the Colts had five picks. The uh, Niners, excuse me, had three picks. Like, how much of that is a team showing off their depth in the secondary, and how much of that is just like, oh, the quarterback stinks. probably kind of stinks? Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of it right now in the preseason is, is somebody stinks. You know, somebody's not in the right <laughs> spot. Maybe you get a batted ball, mm -hmm. uh, but you know, it, it also shows like teams that preach those things over and over and over because you do have uh, 
teams that show up in the top of that list, you know, every year. The Cowboys create a ton of turnovers last year. The Colts did as well. Um, so can they replicate that going forward? The Colts have obviously shown, like, hey, we're punching the ball out. We're, we're doing the tip drill. We're, we're taking advantage of any time you put this ball in danger. So some teams coach that. And then some teams just have the talent and the guys that if they're around the ball, they're probably going to catch it. If it bounces, they're going to pick it up and scoop it. It's just guys out there that are better than that and others. Talked about the young kid, Isaiah Rogers. He's one of them that's already shown that. Obviously, Darius Leonard has been doing it at a high level uh, for four years. Honey Badger, Darius Slay, Xavier Howard, J.C. Jackson. Like, these guys do it year in and year out. So if you have those guys on your team, obviously that's going to help. And then your scheme and guys running to the ball um, is going to help that out as well. We can't thank you enough for joining us. You help us out. We'll see you on Wednesday. Ladies and gentlemen, Darius yes, Butler. Joining us now, insider for the NFL, the NBA. You name it. Everything. Just insider, I yeah. guess. Uh-huh. Yeah. Friend of the show, from the Schultz Report, ladies and gentlemen, Jordan Schultz. Hey, hey, What's up, Schultz? What's up, fellas? I'm trying to figure out. Do I want to go vertical to, to highlight my big noggin <laughs> or horizontal? I think I'm going to go vertical here. What's in the back there? You know, it's an old photo. Yeah, I don't know. Where? Of where? <laughs> it's, uh, it's a Chicago train station in the 30s. Is that, that is that where your dad said, I'm going to create Starbucks? Was that like, is that like a moment there in time? That- no. This is the this is the piece of shit that my wife bought because it was some up and coming photographer. <laughs> <laughs> you rich folks in art is an awesome relationship. Uh, you know what my favorite part is when 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 we bought this, my my wife said, "Don't worry, it's gonna go up, but we're never gonna sell it." I said, well, "Why are we buying it? it? Doesn't it doesn't look good anyway? We're not gonna sell it. What's the point?" Did it go up? You think if you were to put that up for no, sale? No, it went down. Yeah. <laughs> like a car, like a plane. As soon as that thing left the lot, it went yeah. down. But it looks good behind you right now. We appreciate you joining us. Let's dive into this, Jordan. Good businessman, obviously an insider. Roquan Smith now. He's representing yep. himself. He has an advisor that's helping him in this. He turned down an offer that was backloaded with not a lot of guarantees. Ryan Poles, the brand new GM, never been a GM before, said, it's been difficult dealing directly with Roquan, not an agent. Okay, pal. Uh, we don't need to hear from you until you accomplish something but a player doing his own business is not the norm there's more guys doing it now than ever before but with the trade request how does this get worked out do you think they're going to have to change rules for players representing themselves in the future and how does Roquan without having to give up a percentage to an agent get in contact with anybody you think Jordan right right that's so there's a lot there one is we have seen it more uh over the last I'm seeing this now I see my there you go that looks better yeah there you go uh we're (laughs) Head looks the same size. (laughs) Head looks the exact same size, by the way, Jordan. Your head is the same size this way as it was. It's a big one. Uh, So we're seeing it more over the last few years. And the problem for a lot of guys is agents and some teams don't like it. But what we've seen, Orlando Brown, Bobby Wagner, now Roquan. Sherman. Significant players, all pro players. Roquan's a two-time all pro, top ten pick, that are saying, I want to negotiate for myself, and I don't want to pay the fee. So I think the league at some point, not right now, but at some point, Pat, is going to have to step in and do something about this so that it makes it easier for these guys to ultimately get those deals done. In Roquan's case, they don't he doesn't have the leverage right now. The way that his contract was structured, the fact that he's a great player, that doesn't matter. It's not like the, a team's going to go out and get him. I mean, we, we've heard Brandon Staley and the Chargers potentially, because of his history there, wanting to make a move, but they still got to get Derwin James done. Ultimately, he really only has two options, Roquan does. He either can sit out 
and lose a significant amount of money, Pat, or he can say, I'm going to play it out. I'm 27 and I'll get paid in a year. But ultimately, to your point about Ryan Poles, like him saying, you know, it's not great for us. That he doesn't have an agent like that's that's immaterial. The bottom line in this situation is that the Bears have all the leverage. So the Bears have all the leverage because he can't talk to any other teams either, right? Like, are the Bears going to have to be the ones that are going to have to initiate trade conversation? And the Bears aren't going to do that with a great player. That's, yeah, That's exactly right, because we just saw it that the league is coming out and saying, and this is something we thought might happen. The league would come out and say, Pat, we don't want to deal with tampering. So the only way to prevent that is to say you cannot contact Roquan Smith. And really, the only way to get traded in this situation is for the Bears to contact those teams or for them to reach out to him, as opposed to the agent being the middleman, the intermediary, that could then help, help facilitate a deal. And this is why Paul said that. But um, it's going to be like, you wonder, tampering happens all the time. We know that. You know, we, we've no. seen it every year. You wonder if teams will reach out to Roquan. This is supposed to be preventative. Hey, still on the WhatsApp. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. Spaces. Or, or, or like uh, dust. You know, dust it eliminates the text. After 24 hours, just deletes. Is that what you billionaires got to do? Good to know. (laughs) By the way, it doesn't actually disappear. Everything's everywhere forever. Everything's everywhere. I mean, people were sending a lot of dicks on that Snapchat. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll never forget when Snapchat happened. I had friends that were on there, obviously. And they're just like, oh, it's the greatest thing of all time. You send a message and it disappears. I'm like, to where? Like, where? It's... It's not. That's, yeah. that's the problem. It doesn't. It's yeah, but we knew that from the beginning. Like people with a brain knew that from the beginning. Like, how does something exist digitally and then it just never again? That doesn't make somebody has it. Somebody, somebody will be able to find that somewhere. And turns out, by the way, they were all living in a space, uh-huh. and that whole thing did not disappear. And there was so much yeah. meat in there. I assume Ooh. just from creeps all over I'm, the place. I'm, I'm curious. I know Zito's a Bears fan. Do Bears fans sympathize with Roquan here, or are they just saying, just play it out and let's just move on? Pay the man. I think Bears fans <laughs> have been fed up with everything, right? I, I don't want to, yeah, du- I don't know. Sure, 100%. If, if that, well, Ryan, Ryan Pace had, had quite a few parting gifts. Well, um, yeah. You know. Yeah. So this train station was 2022 in Chicago. What's everybody saying? They're like, we don't expect the team to be good. We're just happy that Justin Fields might be good and we're turning over everything. Is that Yeah, what? a lot of love for right now for the offense. For Justin Fields. Yeah, I love Justin Fields. Yeah, I'm in. I'm, I'm all in. Luke gets I'm it. all in on Darnell Mooney, Fields, Montgomery, Herbert. I know the offense is going to be better without question. The, can I just say one more thing? I know I don't know how you're doing on time, Pat, but um, you, you, AJ called me Jordan. I'm going to call you Patty. Is that okay? Hey, Jordan, you do whatever the fuck you need to do. Well. All right. Okay, Patty, here's the thing. So, Getsy and Fields are already super messed, right? They're, they're synced up, and they're, they're both really all in on each other, which is great. But Matt Eberflus, the head coach, the new head coach of the Bears, his whole thing is having a linebacker that can play in the 4-3. We saw it with Darius or Shaq Leonard now in Indianapolis. That was the big reason why that defense had success. Now he has Roquan Smith, who's supposed to be that guy. And the fact that they're enduring this right now is just unfortunate. Yeah, it is unfortunate. Drama is never good. It's already hard enough to win an NFL game. We have about one minute to a hard out, so we will just kind of bullshit back and forth until that comes, and then we'll continue our show at youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show. There's a bunch of stuff happening, though, around that we could dive into, Jordo, after this hard out happens in uh, 57 seconds. And Chris Mad Dog Russo will be on that. Yeah, he will. He's another Hall of Fame he's got. Yeah, a couple of them. Hey, Jordo, I don't know if your dad knows this. There's a new coffee conglomerate in town. Oh, Look yeah, out. watch right, out. Right on the other side of this block, your brand new coffee shop opened this morning, Jordo. What's it called? Quills. 
Ah, uh, horse shit. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I mean, no. I, I went in there. They couldn't hear what I was saying. Horse I couldn't shit. hear what they were saying, but the cold brew oh was. Oh, my God. Oh, that's so a- delicious, Schultzy. I, I want to let you know it was fantastic. And that's the type of coffee that Chris Mad Dog Russo drinks hell every day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Only the best. Because when he hops on a microphone, they go, holy hell, this Hall of Famer has not lost a single step. This man has somehow got better at a show. This man has got better at hosting. He's got better at interviewing. What? And that's what Chris Mad Dog Russo is going to do for the next few hours here in about six minutes. We'll see you in 21 hours. Goodbye. Nailed it. Sid Jordo, we did it. All right, oh. let's get through it. That coffee thing was real, though. That seemed like we were doing a bit there. That was real. They might have earned our... Uh... Are we off the air? No. Well, we're no. live on YouTube. Off oh, series. Oh, YouTube. Okay. Off so, series. I, listen, I'm all about trying the uh, the micro coffee joints. I'm a big fan of that. I think that's, I think that's, that's how you learn, you know, what's good coffee. Uh, Is that what it's called? The micro... That's a micro coffee joint? It's like... You know, like micro brews. I just say the micro coffee. That's all. It felt like same vibe. Pretty hipster mm-hmm. in there. Not, yeah. that, not that your dad's business didn't get super duper 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 hipster as well. But the coffee, you know what I mean? The, yeah. The barista business seems to be a bit of a hipster business mm-hmm. at this point. That was one of the most hipster places I've ever walked yeah. into. Well, now we know Jordan goes and tries them and he says, hey, let's fucking date. When I, when I come to the stealing, combine, stealing before brew. we go out for beers, hopefully you'll take me there for a cappuccino. I don't know if they have cappuccino. <laughs> what? I don't know if it's offered. Oh, they're all about the artistry. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's offered. What are you talking about, the artistry? Yeah, the place you is kidding me. a bunch of art in there. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. gorgeous. Like this piece of shit. No, nah, no, nah, there was no pictures. It was it was all business about mm-hmm. coffee. No pictures in there? We thought about you. We talked about you the entire walk over to it, and then the entire walk back afterwards. Yep. Jeez. I'm, I'm honored. I'm honored. I, I can't wait to, to see you guys soon. I would love to... Come out for a ball game and, and, and hang a link out during the week. Yeah, I'm not invited, but let's uh, – I'm joking. We, we will definitely have to make that happen, okay, especially at the Thunderdome. Thunderdome's very far away from this coffee shop that could just take every dad's business if they wanted yeah, to. if they wanted to. I don't know if they'll be able to. It's tough communication in there. Yep. But that place tasted delish. Mm-hmm. Still got this sack of shit. What, do you wanna, what else do you want to talk about? Well – I would like to know when you think they're going to change that rule for Roquan to be able to do his own oh, business. That's I, a, I can see that. I can see that in a year. I think it, so it, too. It, you think know, so. because because whenever when that was collectively bargained, this wasn't something that was happening. Guys weren't representing themselves. Not at this rate. Every year we see more and more high profile, and that's what it takes. Not just mid and low level guys. If you have high profile, all pro caliber players, Bobby Orlando. Uh, Roquan representing themselves, this is how it gets done. So I, I do think it'll happen. Sherman did as well a couple years back and Sherman, he was sure. roasted yep. for it and he hit every incentive and got paid. Hum- Humphreys did it in Arizona. DJ Humphreys. Yeah, I think uh, D-Hop did as well, right? Hopkins D-Hop did it. Yeah, did. Yeah, did. So Trent you're seeing Brown. it more and more. I, I think it's become pretty pretty pre- prominent. Schultz, I don't want to dive too deep into a like super zoomed out convo about this, but as we get more and more entrepreneurial, which I think we are with the internet and social media and this modern generation basically being business people very very early seeing other people on the internet have merch stores and content and like basically figuring out business at a much younger age than ever in the history of humans by the yeah. way it feels like this is going to have to be something because right now i'm thinking to myself and i am somebody that represented myself through my own business and former nfl guy who's always going to side with the nfl players over anybody else just because i think you know i see it for a different he's getting fucked right now like i think roquan's getting fucked because right if he was able to talk to a team that needed him let's say it's the chargers i didn't even know that was potentially a team you told us that and tom telesco gets on a thing he says we'll give you a first and we'll give you this yeah and we'll, this new deal's happening that deal is probably likely to 
to take place with polls who's like, okay, we can move on. Get oh, yeah. But yeah. now they don't even they won't even get to hear those, right? Because nobody can really reach out and so yeah, if you if we just play if we just play the alternative button here and let's say Roquan Smith is represented by whoever agent you want to pick, you can have Tom Telesco call on that agent, Pat, and say, um, we we wanna get him moved here, we wanna get it done, what will it take? Or what do you think about Roquan signing here long term? Or here's the fit. And you can start to have these conversations to sell the player and the agent, and then the agent can now work his magic or her magic to sell it to the Bears. And you can start to have this synergy that you, you're just not going to have if the teams are not able to reach out to Roquan or an agent. It's just the bottom line. It's how it's how business gets done in the NFL. So, how do they fix that? Um, I don't know how they fix that. Honestly, I, I, have no, I guess the player would have to deem that he's representing himself and he has the ability then to have, like, he gets... You know, like, how do you even... Right, right. So so basically, you're saying beforehand, he could set the precedent and say, I'm representing myself. Here's how it's going to work. Okay. Yeah. And they get, yeah, like, well, a different I can, set Let me tell rules. you this. This is, this is the benefit of representing yourself if you're a player. Not in this situation, but when Bobby signed with the Rams, what he did beforehand, I was with him that whole week. You remember, Bobby remember Wagner. how he kind of so ceremoniously got... Released by the Seahawks, it wasn't a great situation. They they kind of knew they screwed up. But what he did was, as soon as he was released, since he was already since he already knew he was going to represent himself, he just reached out to to all every single NFL team and said, "I'm representing myself. If you're interested in me, reach out." And he put his email there, and that's how it was handled. So that's how Les Need reached out to Bobby Wagner through email. Um, and ultimately, or, or maybe it was eventually text, but ultimately that's how that got done. And that's, that's how he felt like I can represent myself. I don't need an agent. That's what this, if we had that with Roquan, it'd be great. But because he's currently employed by the bears, we don't. That's fascinating. I assume rules will be changed. And then guys, if they're representing themselves, will have to go through probably classes and sessions on what they're allowed to do, what they're not allowed to do. How often said email that has to be probably NFL you know, regulated that there are a lot of con- like there there will some big brain will figure this out. But this is a key it's point. A problem. I think this is a key point here. The Roquan Smith situation is a key point that could potentially change things in the future. Let's talk about Jimmy G. Jimmy G. We asked Ian Rappaport if he's going to be a Cleveland Brown. He said he doesn't think that's the case. Although the internet says that would make sense, it would if you don't think Jacoby Brissett's good enough to be a starter. And Deshaun's probably going to face a year. What do you think happens with Jimmy G. Because he's been just kept separate from the team, right? By Shanahan, Lynch, and yeah. the boys. Everybody knows they're separating. It's just how will they? Are we waiting on an injury? We're waiting on Jimmy G. Okay, some things. Are we waiting on getting cut? What do you think happens there, Schultz? Yes, yeah, so I dove into this last night, and I'm so glad you, you asked um, because oh. it's, it, it's so. Easy. If you would have told me six months ago or three months ago that Jimmy would still be on the Niners, I, I probably wouldn't have believed you. But but I think here here's where San Francisco is at. Okay, they they do really like Trey Lance. He's obviously their guy. They're invested in him. And, and they believe that he can get it done, okay? They have a great defense. When it comes to Jimmy G, uh, he'll be ready week one, uh, barring a big setback. So if a team wanted to go out and get him, Cleveland, Seattle, just a couple, couple teams that could potentially want a quarterback, they could, they could go out and get him knowing he could play week one. But San, what San Francisco is trying to do, and this is so tricky if you're John Lynch, but it's so important, is they're trying to find that perfect balance, Pat, of – here we are, week seven, week eight, somebody goes down and they need a quarterback. 
but also we don't want to do it too quickly because then we don't get the maximum value back too long. So it's a kind of a song and dance that they're playing right now, and it's not easy to do. Keep in mind, Seattle plays at San Francisco week two. Um, I don't think San Francisco would want to trade Jimmy G within the division, but if Seattle came with a big offer, in theory that could happen. I don't see it being Cleveland either. They got Jacoby Brissett as the contingency plan, and also they have a lot of cash that's already gone out. I know Deshaun's salary isn't very high this year, but the cash they've had a lot of cash that's gone out, and to bring in Jimmy would be a significant uh, payday. Yeah, it'd be another $20 million if they were a trade for him. Cutting him, you can negotiate a new deal, and he'd still be, you know, I guess relatively expensive because he'd be expecting to be the starter. You said you looked into this last night, so you tapped around and you said you— I did. The way yeah, you, I did. The way you yeah, feel— And also, yeah. one, one thing that two different teams told me was that, that nobody's talking about, and it's worth repeating, which I didn't really think about either, because you how smart I am, oh. is that Jimmy's deal is guaranteed fully— Week one. So whoever, if San Francisco keeps him on their roster through week one, now that becomes fully guaranteed. And whoever trades for him is going to need to pay him the rest of the salary this year. San Francisco, let's say they can't find a home for him. That's fully guaranteed. So that's what I was saying where it's just a really tricky song and dance for them and, and not something that I that I would want to do. I mean, it's they got to find that perfect balance and hope that somebody – Somebody needs a quarterback. So your feel is that they're going to hang on as long as they possibly can until somebody needs a quarterback, and then they'll be able to kind of leverage Jimmy G and maybe a top draft pick as opposed to giving them up for a fourth or fifth right now with a salary yeah. dump. You you just you just said a point that I think a lot of us have said because after year five in the NFL, I do believe if you're on the roster first week, you get fully guaranteed. That's yeah. what we're all thinking too. So we think he's going to get cut. That's not how you feel like this is going to go. You don't. No, he could he, he could get cut. He could get cut as well, but. Then, then you don't get anything back. And they they believe, I'll, I'll just tell you point blank, San Francisco believes that he is a starting caliber quarterback. I mean, we can debate if he's a top 20, top 18, top 25, but he is a starting caliber quarterback. I think that much is clear. And within that belief, John Lynch would love nothing more than to extract something for him. I don't know if it's a mid-round, a, a second or third, but something. And if you cut him, you get nothing. It's interesting. What? Who are you talking to? You just when you dive in, you just open up the Rolodex. You say, "Who would know anything about you?" You know, you know, you know what I do. I think, I think, who would Pat want me to talk about? Yeah, talk to? That's, right. that's very nice. And then I, you. and then Z, when I was talking to Zito the other day, we, we said maybe, maybe we come on this week. So I said, you know, just to be sure, let me let me reach out to a few folks. Hey, <laughs> we appreciate that, Schultz. The Schultz Report. So. We're going to have to definitely shop from this coffee shop every day because of how close it is. I want to come and support it. I want to check it out. I want to see what it's all about. Oh, what, are you going to try to steal their recipe? Oh, yeah. Fox in the hen house. Huh? Are you going to steal their uh, cold uh, brew that I have? Got it from the inside. Oh, all right. I mean, they'll be able to s- sniff you out as soon as you walk in that uh, place. Starbucks guy. Well, you know. Oh, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll say, who's... Who's that? Look at that big schnoz. Who's that guy? <laughs> they said that about me, I think, and then they heard me go, what? Yeah. What? Hey, what? The communication, I I made a fool of myself in there this morning, Jordan. I just want to let you know, tomorrow morning I'm going to try not to. Why? No, why, why, though? Because you didn't know what to order? No, no. Because no. I ordered, this guy was so cool looking, the guy that was taking my order. Like, the barista, he had the whole, yeah, okay, he was cool. Whoa. Listen, don't be so jealous of what this place yeah, got going. Yeah, okay, geez. All right, you guys got cool-looking people, too. This guy was so cool-looking, though. Like, so, so cool-looking. And I tried to read the vibe of the room. Everybody was super cool-looking. 
So I just ordered like, hey, I'll take a cold brew or whatever. And he goes, hey, he says, and I said, what? You know, I didn't understand the question coming back. I didn't fully understand it. Then he repeated it again. I didn't hear what he said. So I, what? And it, it echoed off the it thing. It echoed, right. Yeah, so I kind of made a full, it was a bad roll up, but the cold brew was delicious. Oh, yeah. uh, Ty right before me had the same situation, I guess. I missed it because me and Zito were judging everything in there as we walked in. We're like, oh, this is really nice. Holy hell, this is really nice. Ty had a full, what? Situation. Yep. Yeah. I love that that happened to you because that happens to me a lot. Not necessarily in the Starbucks, but in general situations, being awkward socially. But I'm starting to feel myself get a little angry that you're enjoying this establishment so much. Oh, it was so good. The cold oh, brew. Yeah, it was delicious. They had that thing. They tapped that thing out. Yep. Uh, they left me room. Oh, the nitro. Oh, they had the nitro. Oh, it was so good. It was nitro. It's like it's almost it's almost like a Guinness. It kind of has that same feel. Except coffee. Is that the one great. you guys have, or are you talking about the one over here? I don't think you've tried this place. It, you it, tried Quills? It feels more like a nice cold by life. It does down nice and smooth, you know what I mean? Especially was, if you have room for cream. You want room for cream? What? Room for cream. <laughs> what? I'm hey, sorry. I love I, I come on the show every day if you let me. <laughs> yeah, well, we'd appreciate you coming on if you're going to give us more information. I mean, you basically told us, Jimmy G, they're going to try to feel that situation out. Mm -hmm. yep. Roquan is fucked, yeah. right? Yep. You kind of said basically. Not by his doing. It's almost because he's played so well yeah. as a two-time All-Pro, former number eight pick, that he's put himself in this position. If he was a marginal player, it'd be much easier to get moved. I, I agree. Uh, the boys have a couple questions. Is that okay? Anytime. Go ahead, Ty. Jordan, what do you think the temperature is like in Seattle with Russ gone and now it's kind of the QB battle between Drew Locke and Geno mm -hmm. Smith? You said you don't think that uh, there's any way that Jimmy G is going to go up there, but are people thinking that the Seahawks are actually going to be pretty decent this year? Is it kind of like, hey, there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the draft class next year. Let's kind of just see where we're at and hopefully we can rebuild. I asked, well, in, in last night in talking about Jimmy, I asked one of the executives, does Seattle think they're going to contend with Geno or Drew? Or is this more of a play to rebuild and maybe try to get Stroud or let Levis and, uh, or Bryce Young next year? Is that, is that what we're looking at? And he said the former. He, he thought Seattle genuinely believes they can compete. I, I don't know if that means you know eight wins or six wins, nine wins, but to be competitive in that division, it says an awful lot. Um, I think from the beginning, it was always Geno's job to lose. And you saw, you know, he got the nod against Pittsburgh in, in the preseason week one. But the overall feeling around around Seattle is is quite upbeat. You know, they they felt like they had a massive draft. They have, I'm going to give you a name. It's super buried, but fifth round pick. But Tariq Woolen out of UTSA, the Roadrunners, 6'4", 205, 42-inch for, ran a 4'3". Uh, he's a freak. And they feel like he's going to be a star and kind of fits that longer profile corner. Uh, Kobe Bryant's another one out of Cincinnati. So they, they love their draft. Those young guys will contribute. Uh, they obviously brought back DK. They have Lockett. Uh, they drafted the kid Kenneth Walker from Michigan State. So Seattle's optimistic. I think that division is brutally tough, and I don't know how they're going to win more than six games. Yeah, I mean, a six-game projection is – we'll put that on a record. Art Stapleton said the same thing for the New York Giants, but some of these teams are staring down – like the Broncos, even they got Russell Wilson and the wealthiest owner in sports, Rob Walton, sixty to seventy billion or whatever. He's way up there. Yeah. Like that AFC West is—that's the best division I've ever seen. 
Bro, AFC West, the NFC West. You, you then you start looking at. It's almost like the level of everybody has gone up. Yeah. Like everybody oh, seems yeah. to be good at this point. You're gonna have to be able to put a team together. Pete Carroll isn't saying it's a rebuild. Nobody's saying it's a rebuild. But anytime you move on from a quarterback that you had for over a decade, you gotta assume there might be some lumps. Now, speaking of lumps, the Seattle Seahawks took on Pittsburgh Steelers. They ran into Kenny Pickett in the fourth quarter, oh, yeah. and Impressive. George Pickens, who's an absolute guy. We are getting word now. Out of Pittsburgh Steelers practice yeah. from Mark Caboli, yeah. who is beat reporter from Feel the Beat on this show Legend. and also a writer at The Athletic, I believe, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Been covering the Steelers for like 25 years. Mason Rudolph <laughs> is with the first team right now with Mitchell Trubisky coming in in relief. <laughs> wow. Just as expected, says Mark Caboli. <laughs> Mason, boy. first team reps followed by Mitch in team Mark. run. What are you hearing out of Pittsburgh, uh, Schultz, or is that out of your realm of people you talk to, pal? No, no, I, I, I don't think this is shocking. It's, it's surprising, though. Um, the fuck does you know, that mean? Shots, <laughs> I, I can't take what you just said it's, seriously. I can. I, it's not shocking. It's surprising. What are we? Are we cold brew? Are we not? I mean, what are okay, we doing? I'm, I'm, no, I'm pretty surprised. <laughs> if anything, I would expect Pickett to go it's too, miss- not oh. Rudolph. Well, I, Rudolph, I thought when they Rudolph signed Rudolph. Trubisky, that Trubisky was they wanted they wanted him to win the job. They they felt like you know he was gonna he was gonna have a home there and that they could build around him at least while they got a young quarterback. So I'm I'm quite surprised to see that Rudolph would be taking once. It's I still think it's Mason was third team in seven shots when the quarterbacks actually throw the ball. Okay, team run, and he's actually going in with second and third stringers for a and team Trubisky's run. One. And then Mitch came in with the first teamers and skill positions right after him. So Caboli's wrong? Yeah, he, Mark's wrong. Oh, oh no, no, no. Mark, oh, no. Caboli! Mark you know him. He's, he's been pushing his Mason agenda for the last I year. Know, no. I know. I know Mark Caboli is a straight shooter. What's that, Schultz? Here's the thing. They, they already know what Mason strong. is, but they, they don't know what Trubisky is. What they what they do like about him is his athleticism. He can throw the ball down the field. Um, he's pretty cheap, and he's still pretty young, 27. So, Caboli. to me, the best case oh, for them oh, is to go no. Trubisky – Pick it two, Rudolph three, and then maybe at some point try to move Rudolph. I, I don't know how he's – I don't see him starting any games this year. Mason Rudolph was drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's mm-hmm. been raised by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. He has more meaningful reps in more recent history than any of the other quarterbacks That's in right. the NFL. And right. he dropped an absolute dime to George Pickens in the corner. I guess we're not the only ones that saw it. Mike Tomlin put him with the ones today. That's, That's not, right. That's smart. Smart. thought That's we smart. were going to stop spreading misinformation on this program. Remarkable. Remarkable. You yeah. think Markable? How about Pickett with the game-winning drive? Hey, that was awesome. Now, it couldn't have started any better for Kenny Pickett. I mean, honestly, could not have no, started any better. No, perfect. That's storybook shit right there. You know what I mean? Like, Deshaun with the Browns first game. Eh, nightmare. Went bad. They were chanting, you sick fuck. I want yeah, one no. for five. Team didn't do well. Bumbling. Kenny Pickett goes in there. Yeah, he's fumbling stuff. Kenny Pickett goes in there, slices, dices. First play, roll out, get that out, mm-hmm. uh, get the, the jitters out a little bit. He looked calm, controlled. Nothing could have went better than that. That's like the best start I've ever seen a quarterback have, I think, actually. Well, I don't know. He is. You said Rudolph's homegrown. Pickett is truly homegrown. He's been playing in that stadium since he's eighteen. Yeah, I I understand that he went to the University of Pittsburgh, but like, 
Rudolph Mason. Yeah, he's Rudolph has been a part of that program for yes, a long no, yes. time. He hasn't had one beer with anyone I think the on big, that the team. Bigger story, no the bigger story is Pickens. I mean, holy sh- that Dog. That guy looks like a combination of Julio and, and Jerry Rice. He's ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> that's a hell of a comparison, Jordan. You're doing a lot of interneting right now. I mean, that's a big-time internet thing. There was somebody that looked like AB. I forget what game I was watching. They're wearing number eighty-five, maybe. Got more? Did the even did the yeah. stand-up ball drop? I forget who it was. Look like Antonio Brown. No offense, Antonio Brown, because whoever this is has not accomplished anything to be compared to Antonio Brown. Ran and played like Antonio Brown. Eighty-five, I think. Wearing a white jersey. So what's that mean? That's a way team. Okay. That's a way Scott, team. No, it wasn't Sky more than. Oh man, I should have wrote it down immediately. It was a game I watched. So. Huh? Wasn't yes. I, I I just I was just blown away by, by the Pickens kids because remember when he was drafted they said you know he could have been a top ten if he didn't have the ACL scare he goes in the second round it, if you if if he hits right this year between him and Claypool got that rookie at Memphis the the smaller smaller scat back guy who's really good in the slot man. A lot of talent there. Friar move. I like that. Mm. Who's going to throw in the ball there? Mason. Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph. <laughs> yeah. No. Mason Rudolph slinging that thing, dude. Yeah. Everybody needs to understand that. that guy. Looks good. Go Pokes! Hell yeah. You a Pokes guy? Where'd you go to school? I went to Seattle U. I'm a nothing. I'm a zero. Seattle U. What's that? I played hoops. Oh, yeah, you and Occidental. I'm a zero, pal. I forgot. No, you got art behind you, pal. Okay, yeah. no zero has Come art on. behind him. Uh, your question for Schultz, Connor? Yeah, Jordo, is it true that Kamara's probably not going to get suspended till next yeah. year? Yeah. yeah, that's that's the word. Kamara, uh, you know, we I thought he was going to you know miss six games, something like that, this year. And the more this has gone on, the more it's just it feels like it's going to get pushed and. Um, I haven't talked to New Orleans specifically, but other teams believe that he will play the full slate this year. And, um, you know, I, I'm surprised, but if he gets suspended next year, you know, that's a, that's a hugely positive for him to get another year at this, you know, a younger age, a, a year younger, a full season. And so I, I would be almost shocked at this point if he was suspended at all in 2022. Schultz, uh, you think any news happens tomorrow? Or the next day, or the day after that, what? you know, like anything, <clears throat> anything but Wednesday. You know what I mean? No, even Wednesday, I don't care. You think any news is coming ever for anything? In the next couple of days? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing huge. Fuck. Right. This is what we got to learn. Remember last year we had the same thing. We did. Yeah, there's a little lull. Preseason yep. kind of sucks. Uh-huh. Yeah. But we get excited because we get to see some games. Right. Mm-hmm. Is there a game tonight? Monday night? No. Thursday, Thursday and then a couple Friday, and then back to the mm-hmm. weekend games. Yeah, have a game every night for Christ's sake. Every day. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Have every day. We got a little CFL action. No, no, no. no. You watch CFL? Oh, kids. I do. How are yeah. the Red Blacks doing this year? It's not the. No, it's the Tiger Cats. No, 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 no. no. Talking about the Ottawa, Ottawa. Red Blacks. Come on, Dude, you don't. You don't understand the CFL. You don't know shit about fucking. I like the Argonauts. Who? The Argonauts. It's the Blue Bombers League to lose. Saskatchewan Rough Riders. You guys yeah, have come no on. idea. Back-to-back Great hey, Cup champions. Stan Peters, you're hot this no, year. No, you're not. God, you guys don't know anything about who, who, here, Here's the trivia. Who's the most six, who are the two most successful CFL quarterbacks in history? Doug Flutie, Warren Moon. Drew Tate. Drew Tate? Michigan yeah. State? No. Stravolsky. Come on. Stavolsky. Wolfer. Yeah. Stravolsky. Yeah, Wolfer. The Duck. 
Duck Hodges. Hodges. Yeah, he was like six for eight for 28 yards. I like it. Dog. Jeremiah Masoli. I will say this. Congrats to CFL having one last year, though. Because mm-hmm. when Dwayne not, Rock Johnson and Danny Garcia. You got Garcia, the XFL coming in. That's right. Danny Garcia and Rock don't fail at anything. No, no they, they don't. don't. No, they don't. And they're going to they're gonna go to Seattle, by the way. Yeah, Seattle's they are. Well, the XFL actually ended the last run because of Seattle. Remember that guy that was working in Nacho Stand for the Dragons had COVID? Mm-hmm. Remember? Really? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's real. That's how the XFL stopped. The first case of COVID in the XFL was through the Seattle Dragons um, Nacho Stand. That's the right. Yep. Person. Real. It's classic Seattle. Blame you. Blame it on the sweetest swing in baseball. Blame it on us. No. No, Ken Griffey Jr. didn't do shit. Is that who that is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's my favorite player ever. I'm a big baseball guy. Yeah, you yeah. knew it. You Obviously, knew. I knew that was the case. Now, he would get his ass struck out. Boom, boom, boom from Ed Win, 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 no matter what Diaz. Mm-hmm. I hate to break to you, Junior. Sorry about it. But yeah, I'm, I'm a baseball guy now, Schultz. I don't know if you know that. Who's your squad? Fucking Mets, dude. Let's go, yeah. Mets. LGM, baby. Okay. Alonzo, baby. Yeah, poor bear. Hell yeah. Are <laughs> oh, you talking about Ed? How about Simple Man coming out oh, there and just throwing absolute gas? And then Timmy Trumpet comes in the end with. Uh, Narco? Narco in the actual DJ that created the song. Oh. oh. He's I, I have an idea. Master Jacks? Actually, I have an idea for the whole crew. Okay. Roadshow, New York City, come to the Met, come to a Met game, and we'll hit the U.S. Open. Pleasure of Jordan Schultz. You can come with me. What's the U.S. Open? That's the goal. Well, it's right next to it's right next to City Field. Tennis. tennis. Oh, I ain't got no fucking tennis. Fucking <laughs> Federer Schultz, swinging. You don't need me at a tennis thing. I'm not. Smoking. Tennis is great, bro. Hey, fellas, educate Pat. Tennis is legit. Yeah, I fucking sweet, dude. Right I'm not going to full size ping pong. I'm not supposed to be there. <laughs> That's like the yuppiest event of all time, right? That's not where I'm supposed to be. No, no, it's it's, it's actually you can get uh, pretty hammered and have a good time. It's what? Okay, all right. Maybe I stop by you. I open. Hey, hey, do you like your water when you go get brunch, room temp or cold? I like the ice. Yeah. yeah, me too, Schultz. I didn't expect that out of you. I didn't expect that. Yeah, out of you. Seattle. I like it cold. I like it cold. Connor's right. the only one who likes a room temp. Zero cold. No, I got a lot of people on Twitter Whatever. telling me that I was wrong for saying that I need to water ice cold. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Ice cold all the way, baby. Yeah. Well, then they're they're citing some research that never happened. Who? Uh, everybody. Yeah, actually, room temperature water is better for your guts and your digestive uh, system. Oh, yeah, it burns calories. Who cares? Yeah, that's what I asked. How do you like your water? A, ice cold and delicious, because I was looked at like a psychopath when I asked for a cup of ice when they gave me that warm-ass vase of water, uh-huh. basically. And uh, then room temperatures. Yeah, a lot of people like room temperature water. I, that was... That was a surprise to me. I was I learned a lot about the world. There's numerous people, and I have to stop judging. I guess these brunch places that I go to because I just assume that oh, you think you're so much smarter than everybody, given this fucking terrible water. People like it. Oh yeah, you're one of them. I do not know that. Yeah, I do. I enjoy room temperature water. Easier to chug too. Oh come on, Schultz is embarrassed for you. Yeah, he is. Yeah, well, or, I'm gonna be embarrassed for Schultz when Quills puts his father out of business. <laughs> well, I I don't know if you heard that Schultz, but uh, Schultz, but. Connor said he likes Quill's room temperature water the best, actually. Sorry. Oh, no. You guys are good. dead. Yeah. It was a good run. Tell your dad yeah. it was a good yeah. run. Shut, shut that place down quick. <laughs> All right, we're out of here. Schultz, we appreciate the hell out of you, pal. I'll love, guys. Have a great one. Talk you too. Soon. Ladies and gentlemen, Jordan Schultz. Schultz. Yeah, okay. Didn't feel like he was taking Quill serious enough. No, it yeah. didn't. It's bad news bears for him. It's always the one that you don't expect. Yeah, but also... 
if he really wanted to, he could tell his dad, and guess what? That place will be a goddamn Starbucks by next week. That would be possible. That would be sweet. I bet you would be pretty excited about they that. Well, we should be. tell him about a spot maybe close up by the Thunderdome that might be going. Hey, there's a couple houses. People are dying. Just buy them up and make them a Starbucks. That'd be fantastic. Not bad. In neighborhood? Yeah, Thunderdome is about to be like Lambo. Mm-hmm. You're about to be driving through a neighborhood, and then all of a sudden, the fucking Thunderdome. Boom, <laughs> casino. Yeah, there isn't much going on around the Thunderdome, which is good. By design. Yeah. yeah. Down here is getting too nice all of a sudden. Last week, we were just talking about how terrible it's gotten. We were wrong. We did not see this on the horizon. Exactly. We didn't. No. Quill's being this close, this delicious, this... I mean, this is a shame that's happening this close to us leaving this place. Yeah. Yeah. It's only a matter of time before one of these bums throws a brick through the front window to get their yeah. hands on those mouth-watering delicious cones. Yeah, it's lipstick <laughs> on a pig. Those yeah. bums will come like uh, moths to a flame. Uh-huh. They will see that, and they will just burn it to the ground. You know how fast the bums sitting outside Starbucks are going to run over to Quills once yeah. they get word that there's a place closer to the, you know, the highway that they sleep under? Dude, the... <laughs> Jeez. The bakery at Quills. Yeah, that's the. We didn't get to try it out. We didn't. Look out. I might head over there after the show. I don't know Should. what time they're. Me too. I'm doing intermittent fasting, so now is my eating time. Yeah. I couldn't do it earlier. Yeah. I'm going to go. Let's go. Hurry let's up. go. I got to try the coffee. Bombs too. are coming. You, wait till you try this place. And also, we need to have good, clear conversations. Yeah. Okay. Cold brew. <laughs> let's not. Now let's I know. Not, let's not embarrass ourselves yeah. like we did okay. this morning. And Cold then, brew with room. No, yeah. Right? Whether you know that's what he's going to say, just yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Man. This is like uh, ordering a cheesesteak in Philadelphia for the first time. Time, right. whiz yeah. wit or whatever. They uh, kick Gino's? you out of the line. Yeah. Uh, we need. That's what it's like over there. Yeah. Okay. And it's not their fault. It's my fault. I've never been in some place that that nice. No. Forever. Yeah. I've just gotten into the coffee world. Me too. This is my first time ever being in a barista place. Mm-hmm. That was your first micro uh, coffee. Place? First time. Yeah. Yeah. I feel pretty cool. I felt like I was a part of something. But I fucking embarrass myself with me, the what? Yep, me yeah. too. Do they have a bathroom there? They do. Okay. It's actually ours. <laughs> what? what? Is it my bathroom there? <laughs> 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 All right, let's get out of here. It's a hell of a day. One last call, huh? Yeah. yeah. Why not? From We're going to go Wisconsin, California, California, or Columbus, Ohio. I mean, come we, on. We haven't, oh, spoke, to, we haven't spoke to Columbus today. <sighs> You're right. Is it AJ? I feel bad because I think the California callers have been on a... AJ Strong. Well, they live a privileged life. Yeah, it's, it's nice weather out there, so they'll be okay. Ohio's probably just dog shit right now. All right, let's go to Walter and Columbus. You're right. Walter and Columbus, what's going on? Hey, man, what's happening? <laughs> just hanging, bub. Why aren't you at the Third and Goal Foundation? Yeah, you don't like the trade. Hey, I'm, I'm just not that type of guy. I just, I'm disc golf. Guy doesn't All right, sports. I appreciate you. are a good uh, disc golf player? Oh, I love it. I'm a, I'm a rated player, and I actually... Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. What does that mean? In the country, in the world, in Ohio? Uh, uh, no, see, uh, what it is is um, there's uh, about... Uh, uh, okay, uh, i got to break it down. Uh, the first uh, 30 years of disc golf, it took 30 years to get up to 100,000 members. Okay. After, after COVID and after the past three years, it has jumped. Up to three hundred thousand. So hey, just quite in a leap. two years, just in two years, man, it, it's went up two hundred thousand people. And it's it's wild to think how big the sport's really grown. Um, okay, let me. Uh, another cool thing is uh, I played with the number one disc golfer in the world. That's that guy on uh, Instagram. What's his name on YouTube? He's very handsome. Richard Kaboli. <laughs> Richard Wysocki. Richard Wysocki. Ricky, Ricky Wysocki. Ricky Wysocki. Wysocki, sir. 
Wysocki, okay? Is he from Ohio as well, or did you go to an event? No, he is. That's how I got Oh, the number one disc yeah, golfer from fucking Ohio. Richie, the chef of I swear. I promise you. He, uh, he, he, they, they, they travel a lot, so he's moved, and he claims another state now. But if you do your day. Whoa. Well, uh, Brody Smith. Brody Smith does a dance around Ricky Wysocki. Wysocki doesn't claim Ohio anymore. Just real quick. Where were you rated at? So you played with him, so you automatically got rated in the top 300,000, 100,000? You get, you pay, you pay. It's about money, I guess. Um, uh, 50 bucks a year. It's not much. And, and, and you get, you, in tournaments. And once you play in so many tournaments, you get a rating. And after that, um, uh, the third tournament, I believe you're in, you get your rating. And, uh, uh, they, they rate you upon your performance, the, 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 out, the, the day, the type of day it is, sure. uh, the people you played against, uh-huh. you know, uh, the, uh, it's like a handicap. and, uh, golf. Right. Madden, yeah, right. yeah. It, it's pretty cool, man. Uh, it's something for you. I would love for you to hear. What I'm is your rating? <laughs> what is your rating? I, I'm a nine, <laughs> I am a 900 rated player. So Whoa! Let's go! To give you a perspective, um, the top rated rated player in the world is a 1040. Ricky Wysocki's 1040. You're 900. What's a basic ass? Oh, uh, I consider myself. That'd be me. I mean, I'm not I'm not a bragger, but I consider that'd be that me. That's Someone below me, you know, like 800, 750 is like not that good. Uh, Bro, Calvin I, I, Heimberg is a yeah. 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 Have you seen, have you seen Eagle McMahon play recently? Hey, I don't judge people upon their performance. Hey, just real quick, why sock? Well, that's kind of what the rating is, right? To judge people, the rating why yeah, socky's ten fifty. That's not my job. That's not my job. No, yeah, you just you, you just throw it. You can have a bad day. You can have a good day. You could fucking kick my ass. You could beat. Uh, you don't know everybody. Everybody. Every dog has their day. Yeah, right? you're right. Not everybody's going to show up as their Madden rating every single Sunday. But this is just a glimpse of what is possible. For instance, yeah. Richard Wysocki, ten fifty three. Uh-huh. Paul Macbeth. 1049. That's pretty close. That's pretty close. Hey, you should go back and watch some of their battles, man, on YouTube. It's pretty cool. Oh, they go shot for shot like uh, Seppa and Zalatoris did just yesterday. Uh, I'm telling you, they got some playoffs uh, (laughs) at the end of the matches. You know, at the end of the tournament, they'd be tied. You know, it goes into a playoff. And and there's many a times, many a times that just battle after battle. And uh, 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 Ricky's only won three world titles. Paul McBeth, I think, is on six. Uh, well, Paul McBeth is an absolute stallion. Um, there's yeah. a lot of people in the top that have above a thousand. We need to get yeah. you to maybe a little bit more work here. So- uh, I, I play with people better than me. That's why I say I'm the average guy. I play people better than me all the time. That will, that's what makes me better. Yeah. Could you imagine yeah, if you played Mike Carmen? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Hey, Mark Carmen Ka- beat your ass. He's got a thousand. Is that much better than you, or not that much better than you? Because top 117, all above a thousand. It's a be- it's it's better. Size Elmore's a dog, bro. He's a dog compared to who? Not Sam Lee. Yeah. Sam Lee. He's ranked uh-huh. above him. Same score. What's yeah. that mean? Is that head to head? I gotta say something else, man. I, I mean, I, I love you guys touching on this golf for me. Thank you for that. It made me feel good. Is this uh, him on the left? Phil 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 yeah, that's him. No, is this is this Walter? No, is that Walter? Oh, is that you? Oh, I am Walter, sir. It kind of <laughs> looks like the guy who works at Quills. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Walter, we appreciate the. Uh, we just got a lesson in disc golf. Yeah. Hey, let's go disc golf. Hey, go pack, go. Hey, hell yeah. Hey, Walter, that was a good call. Yeah. Yeah. Ohio. Great call. I had no idea. Top disc golf player in the world is fucking working Quill's Coffee right now. Yeah. 
insane. The Paul Rabel of disc golf. Yeah, it makes sense why his head's in other spaces, you know? Yeah. Working on his draws. Yeah, about banging chains. <laughs> Who's in there? Colby, uh, Burt Kreischer, big disc golfer right now. Oh, is yeah? he? I think so, yeah. I think he's in it because it was something he was able to do travel. I guess foot golf is something that's real. Okay. Here in Indiana, they got a, like a pretty like kick a a tournament. Ball. Yeah, bigger holes. Yeah, bigger hole, you kick that's a soccer sweet. ball. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Put one as a in your voice, it doesn't sound like you're saying. I didn't cool. know that was a thing. I've seen it with pool. who's digging the holes around Thunderdome for the thing. These are pretty big holes. I think you got Larry Hall of these holes here. Really? I, think pretty, <laughs> I mean, it's for a soccer ball. Well, there's mm-hmm. got to be a with, probably Bill. Yeah, Bill's yeah, I mean, Bill's dug, basically Bill's dug a over a thousand digger. graves. So. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here. In every type of weather. <laughs> Today's show, we got to get better on. Okay. All right. Tomorrow, well, we got to get better. Well, tough news. No news per Jordo. Yeah, well, we got Omar calling tomorrow. Yeah, it's huge. Jack Carr tomorrow. Let's yeah. go. Okay. Wednesday, we're at training camp. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, man. Wow. Oh. oh, there's new hard knocks tomorrow. We're going to be at training camp with MCDC the day after hard. Wow. Okay. Here we go. The show's going to get better this week. Yes. Huge. Yes, and right. Thursday, possibly the best field of beat we've ever had. <gasps> well, really? now somebody's saying that one of our beats well, is That's wrong. even better. Now it's time to put the beat to the... Feet to the fire. I just don't want agendas pushed on this show. That's right. Feel We're going to put beat. the beat feet to the fire. There it is. There it is, pal. What? You want Kaboli another round? You want to fucking go toe-to-toe Kaboli? I just want to ask him why he's pushing agendas. Can we call Kaboli right now? Let's see if Kaboli answers this. Guess we're going to have to wear all black for Thursday. How about him saying, as expected, yeah. Mason with the ones. He knew. Then Trubisky. Kenny Pickett's not even out here. That's not. Is that what he said? No. Is he answering? If Kaboli answers this, it's three thirty. So, might be a practice. They, they, are, practicing. Run, run. they are practicing right now. Uh, what if he? He's not. He he had a sub in his pocket. He's not going to feel his phone vibrate. <laughs> no, right. yeah, no. It's a good, it's a good point. No. no answer from Kaboli. Ah, he knows. He knows. Yeah, I'm gonna save for Thursday. So we're having him on again for Feel the Beat? I thought he, that was already Is Kaboli the host of Feel the Beat? <laughs> we don't have a choice. That we would really. be three times. He'd be the all-time leader in Feel the Beat appearances. Well, there's actually going a, a, there's quite a bit to talk about with the Steelers, so it makes sense. I mean, Kaboli's as tapped in as anyone. Yeah, but you know what the issue is going to be? What's All that? we're going to talk to Kaboli about is just one tweet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true. Because we can't handle things responsibly. Well, <laughs> he, might have, he might have had that interview with the inside linebackers coach, Joel Shovsky. Oh, so, Steelers giving me a run around per usual. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm out of here. I got to go do daddy daycare oh, to make yeah, sure no man. animals die on my watch. No way. They're going to thrive. That's Hell right. Yeah. This morning I was cutting up ham to put in the Love bowl. That. Saw that. Looked good. <laughs> I almost ate it. It was, it was delicious. Yeah. It was chick, shredded chicken, cut up ham, and then dry food. Got to give Val some medicine, too, so I'll sneak that in the ham. Smart, you know, smart. A Grabbing a couple fillets on your way home. <laughs> Maybe. That's Maybe. a good idea. Maybe, man. Maybe. Anything. Chuck, turns out Chuck will eat just about anything. What? Yeah, Chuck's got quite an appetite. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, I uh, saw a corgi this weekend. Chuck what? does not look like some of what the other corgis look what like. What are you saying? I think Chuck's like 85 pounds overweight. I think so, too. Yeah, he got a little winded today whenever we were walking outside. And mm-hmm. I was like, all right, Chuck, we're going to put you on a treadmill. Yeah. Pal. His arms start shaking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm really worried about Chuck after Me seeing too. him last time. Me, too. And I don't even know how to fix it. I, I gave him less food in his bowl than uh-huh. uh, Val this morning. That's just going to piss him off. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah, yeah and then he was, uh, he was a little irritable with the cats. Yep. Do they do, like, dog liposuction? Because that's, like, what I think we need to think about with we're not, Chuck. They got low We're not fat. sucking the fat out of Chuck. <laughs> they got low fat food. 
He ain't eating that. No. They got a they got a <laughs> treadmill and it's in a tank of water. That's what you got to yeah. get him. On. So we're actually, I'm actually thinking about getting Val on that because Val's got some arthritis, mm-hmm. oh. but we need to get her working out again so she can build up the muscles mm-hmm. around it. Had to take her to a shot. Uh, had to take her to a vet this morning to get a shot for her joints. Mm-hmm. She went running in there, running out of it. She looks like a whole new dog. Nice. Guys. There you go. A lot of responsibility though. That was just dropped in my lap here. I don't know yeah. if I like that. <laughs> take care. Feed, yeah, right. feed yeah. six animals. Get one to a vet appointment. Get it back home. You got Make this. sure they poop outside. Put mm-hmm. them back inside. Make sure Chuck doesn't have a heart attack, cardiac arrest on my watch. Well, that, yeah. you can't, you know, that's not on you. Yeah, that's how that happens. It's tough. That's a leading, uh, it's a leading disease in America. Yeah, Chuck. I was at the State Fair last week. Chuck fits in. I thought COVID was a leading disease in America, Tom. Well, if you look at the denominator. You too. You're going to put Chuck in there? See, the thing about that is going to have to be wider for Chuck to get in there. Yeah. They, that looks like a standard Corgi. and have to buy two. That I mean, Corgi's a little tight. Chuck is 3X any other Corgi you've ever seen. Why is the lighting like that? Like he's on trial for murder. Well, who knows what this fucking Corgi did. That's right. I'll tell you, these Corgis have attitudes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chuck has an attitude. Well, where do you think yeah, they got cool, it from? Especially now. Queen. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Well, especially now, yeah, he's what? Get in my belly. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. He doesn't eat every 20 minutes. He's going to be pissed. Dude, he will look at a cat that walks by the bowl that has already been emptied, right? Yeah. And he just starts, like, he'll start, like, snoot, like chasing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And these cats, like, fuck with him now. Cool. So that might, the cats might be like, hey, we got to get this dog to get work out. Yeah. Let's get him, let's yeah. make him run some laps. Get him pissed. That's what we need to do. Shout out to my mom stopping at the house today. Make sure he didn't die during the show. Thank you, Sal. Thank you, Sally. Thank you, Sal. Sal says, I love going over there. And I'll get a text. Has Chuck gotten bigger? <laughs> Mom, don't be body shaming that Corgi. Has <laughs> he gotten bigger? He, he's so big. He's gotten much bigger, Sally. Whoa, dude. Bro, I think he's got a pituitary gland problem. That he could might. be it. Dude. Like the big show. I don't know if he has giantism like the well. big show. Would be cool maybe take him to a carnival or a fair or something, have his big mm-hmm. fat ass. Do there. not do Seven, that. Three. What? Those carny folk will make off with Chuck in a heartbeat. Yeah. This is the fattest quarry you've ever seen. We could make millions off this thing. You guys have it all. Or eat them. Yeah. Chuck, you think Chuck's just gonna go and quiet? No way. Wait until no. they surround you and like all six of them start swirling in a circle. And then I'll go uh, boom to the meth teeth. Mm-hmm. And then pow to the before you know it, <laughs> trapdoor fucking Chuck's in a hole. You didn't even know what happened? I don't even think they had a trapdoor. They have like a plate of cupcakes. Chuck is following that person. Dude, to the what is your the deal? Whoa. I'm just saying. Chuck. I'm worried about Chuck. Yeah, but you know how they like, uh, there's like friends in our group that are like, well, if he ever gets like kidnapped or whatever, they'll give him back. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I don't want to deal with that person. Chuck is not going to just go like. Quietly in the No night. way. Yeah, not a chance. Chuck's a problem. Chuck knows he's a problem. He's a dog. And he's very heavy. So to get him from point eight, he's long like a hot dog too. So like yeah. lifting him down off the bed so he doesn't blow out both shoulders when he jumps off, <laughs> yeah. which I fear every single time. You got, I got to do like full. Yeah. It's like carrying a like a hundred and fifty pound sack, like a yeah. bag of yeah. cement. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he's not. Ha- yeah, it is like a bag of cement. Because mm-hmm. yeah, and he's not happy about any of it. I bet. Yeah. Got to grab near his dong. Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Let's hope they're alive rules. tomorrow. All right, okay. yes. I got to get home. Everybody have a great afternoon. We can't thank you all enough. Tomorrow's a big day. The day after that's even bigger. And uh, we'll continue to just build until we get to this season. Oh, uh, hell yeah. Thank you all so much. Hope you uh, enjoyed today. Thanks to our guest, Schultze, making an appearance. Rappaport, Darius Butler froze up, but still did great. Yeah, still mm-hmm. crushed. 
And uh, hopefully AJ Hawk is doesn't die on his golf course. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck, AJ. How boozed up is he? Oh, oh blackout. Probably on no his 18th cigar. Hammer Don's on the other side of youtube.com forward slash hammer down. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Goodbye.